0: Today, we have one of the greatest running backs of all time. Today, we are talking about most legendary game, Fresno State versus USC, when Reggie went for 517 total. See
1: touchdown and another thing of beauty from one of the best running backs you ever-
0: it was a dogfight. We looked at wow. you guys like, they could probably beat the Niners. <laughs> Hans kickoffs, I was going off of this game.
2: It's one of those games I think people remember where they were talking about the Bush put. And that 100% needed me on that play. <laughs> he started getting knocked backward on a QB sneak, And I just shoved his ass and then he got some little.
0: Kinda look like a dead fish. <laughs> He's wide
2: open, I pitch it to him. And then the last knock in my head is like, I can't believe I just did that
0: in the National Championship. So going back to the debate, Could you guys beat the Niners? (laughs) Games with Names is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Games with Names, presented by WinBet. On today's episode, we are talking Fresno State versus USC from the 2000 season with the Reggie Bush. The glory days of the Trojans. We get Reggie's message for the Heisman Trust. Coming for that ass. And the greatest college running backs of all time, his list. Reggie's got a solid list. A solid list. Solid. That list is kind of crazy. Let's go. Let's go. Fun episode. Hell yeah. Make sure you check out Games With Names on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and TikTok at Games With Names. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts we want to hear from you call in at 424-291-2290 leave a message of some great wrecks your own stories from iconic games or maybe just some advice whatever just call in games with names is brought to you by winbet WinBet brings the excitement of Win Las Vegas and Encore Boston Harbor to your phone. Join WinBet today and bet with the official online gaming product from Win Resorts. Let's go. November 19, 2005, LA Coliseum, Los Angeles, California. The quest for perfection
2: was on the line at the Coliseum.
0: Reggie Bush delivered a performance for the ages, kept title hopes alive. This is Fresno Fresno State State versus USC. USC. (laughs)
2: Love
0: it. Welcome to Games with Names presented by WinBet. Today, as you guys heard, we have a special, special, insane guest. A friend, a guy that I've, I, he let me, he let me, like, hang out with him back in his heyday. He let, you know, when I was nobody, he let me come hang out with him in his heyday. One of the greatest running backs of all time. You know what? It, it's crazy. If if you ask anyone, and I, I I was just talking about this, whenever we talk to any of my NFL friends, I'm not talking, like, my little slapdick high school friends. Mm. I'm talking about straight NFL ballers. Yeah. Whenever I, we all talk about college football, it's never even an argument. The best football player they all talk about is Reggie Bush. Appreciate that, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. And, and that. it's it's dead ass true. <laughs> I mean, if you ask anyone and cuz it could be our recency because this yeah. is our generation yeah, and we're yeah. like the same age. Absolutely. I mean, you were in the I was in college when this was going on and and I was at a D one school. It was a little small D one school, Kent State. Shout out! Mm-hmm. But like we looked at you guys, like they they could probably beat the Niners. <laughs> you know what I mean? This USC teams with Reggie and 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 White and, no, and just Matt, everything. Um, like, it seems like you guys had it all.
2: And and, other, and the other thing is is and I think to your point is, um we have five star players at almost every position. Every player, and we had backup five star players too yeah. which is something that you probably will never hear again as long as NIL continues to yeah. move the way it's going transfer portal you'll never there's no reason for a five star backup quarterback to just sit and wait unless he's like at Alabama yeah. you know what I'm saying like next in line to win a, yeah. a national championship but
0: isn't that kid behind uh Caleb right now isn't he any five star
2: yeah 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 and and but again some of those powerhouse schools like that where yeah. you know I'm going to be coached well. I'm going to get to the next yeah. level. Those kind of places you don't want to leave, right? No. Unless you are going to another situation. Um, look at Michael Penix, Jr. this year, right? Yeah. Came from IU, went to Washington, bought out. He probably going to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Um, Bo Nix, another guy. I just ran into Bo Nix. I was in uh, Las Vegas um, at the College Football Hall of Fame induction and ran into Bo Nix. And again, another guy who made that transfer from Auburn to Oregon. And it just... It, it literally elevated his career and his opportunities. And so that's why I say, man, for our team,
0: we have five-star
2: players starting, and then we have five-star player backups.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. Nowadays, Is like college is professional, and it's just yep. it's free agency. You get to free agency every year. Yep. And if we were talking about this 2005 team, the whole team would have left. Yeah. The whole team was a pro. They were <laughs> all free agents. And Absolutely. specifically... Today we are talking about one of the most legendary games. I remember this when I was I was playing college football. I remember this game watching it on Sports Center, yeah. the Fresno State versus USC game when Reggie went for five seventeen total. We all remember. I, I it was like top ten for like two weeks. I think the cutback, yeah, the the cutback where he ran down the sideline and cut back yeah. and still outran everyone. It was a video game type oh, game. For Reggie. Why'd you yeah. pick this game? Well, you gave me options. You gave me choices. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know what a I'm lot saying? Of options. You threw out a couple games and I was like, We I mean we gotta go straight to the we gotta go straight to one of the best games. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I mean that's what I would love to talk about. I'm sure if anybody asks you about one of your favorite games, it's gonna be one of the games you bought out in, right? Uh, you know what uh, I mean? So similar for me as well. Um and this was a game that um, you know, when I look back on it. Uh, one, it was a dogfight, and I don't think people remember that. People obviously talk about obviously how well I play, but that game went down to the wire. That Fresno State came to play that game. <laughs> they always
0: played you guys tough, always, because you guys always. were like their
2: Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know what that's like, right? I, you know what it's like I when know. you're on the other side, and everybody's bringing a A game because everybody's using you as a measuring stick. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so Fresno State always played the help played as well. And they were the, they
0: were a sneaky good team. Yeah, they were scrappy. They, they always had like crazy pros come out of their yeah, their, their yeah, program. Yeah. Like you'd have the Logan Mankins. Mm-hmm. You'd have the Derek Carr like the Cars. Yeah. You know they'd always have some really good linemen. Dilfer, Dilf. Who and yep. they, they have a really good running back. Uh, the kid who this year that was like eight ten years ago. But they always have like know, a they're like one of those whack teams. You remember yeah. the, it's kind of like the old Boise States where yep. they were getting good recruits, but they were playing in yep. those. Lower conference, balling. yeah, balling. Like lower
2: conference. But there was, uh, I think, kind of maybe five. It felt like maybe five years after we left is when you know Boise it felt like Boise started to kind of oh, like, yeah. climb a little bit. They this? were getting a lot of LA kids though, and they were getting a lot of like Southern California kids to yeah. go up there and play. JUCO cats too, exactly. JUCO cats, and and that's when they just started making noise, and the the, the Smurf turf yeah. came out, and that like <laughs> literally elevated. Um, you know, another level of like this blue field, but they're balling, they're playing well, they're scrappy. Um, what was that game they had? The fake
0: yeah, throw behind was, the back? That was this year. The Statue of Liberty the- was Zimbrowski. Yeah. Jared Zabransky. Brans- Jared Zabransky. We had him on here. We had him and- Did uh, you? Yeah, him and, a, him and AP, and we and he, hit him and AP to talk about that game.
2: That game was crazy. I never forget that the fake
0: with the behind the back. Yeah, I
2: was like, oh, they got him with the cheese play. Damn, that was
0: that was an electric. That, was. And then the guy popped a question to his girl afterwards. Ian Johnson, I mean, that was fucking was that was was Disney. That was Disney. That was Disney movie. <laughs> but getting back to this game, how legendary. often do people bring this game up to you? Quite a bit.
2: I get people that bring this game up quite a bit because, um, you know, it's one of those games I think where it's like people remember where they were um, when they either heard about the game or they watched some of the highlights from the game. Like you said, uh, I think one of those runs was running nonstop for like two weeks on top 10 plays. And so everybody, you know, remembered that play, but specifically about, you know, me, people thought I put the ball behind my back and it, it wasn't a predetermined move. Yeah. It was just, I actually had the ball in the wrong hand. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, as side you know,
2: line. when you're running down the sideline, you got to have that ball in the outside hand. Stiff arm. And so you can stiff arm, exactly. And I did not have the ball in my outside hand. I had it on the inside. And I really, when the ball's in my right hand, and I got open field, it, that's, that's where I'm comforted. That's yeah. where I'm really, like, getting and I'm taking you're, off.
0: You're, so you're, you're a right-hand guy? I'm a right-handed guy. You know what's yeah. crazy? I was always, I'm a right-handed guy but I was always a left guy because when I was a kid in Pop Warner, I was the four back and I'd always go to the left. Really? So it trained me. I always use, cause I'd always use it to the outside yeah, of the hand cause yeah. they're always getting in your head. <laughs> so I was like an orthodox, but give me, yeah. how i bad, I catch you out. No,
2: you're good. And so what happened to me, my senior year in high school, um, I broke my wrist and I actually was catching a swing, a swing route. And when I went to stiff arm the guy, he was already up on me he was coming full speed and knocked my hand backwards. And I broke this bone right here, the navicular scaphoid, yeah. which is one of the bones that has like lowest blood supply. So, um, but obviously I was young enough. Doctor put a cast on it. I played my entire football my senior year with a cast on my left wrist. I, re- I think I remember that. And so I, that. I wasn't necessarily comfortable yet back with carrying that ball in my left hand. So there are a lot of games you might see when I'm in college where I'm carrying the ball wrong, again, going down left side, but I got it in that right hand because I just hadn't got, gained that comfort level back with squeezing it and holding it tight, especially when you're fighting through traffic. And so, again, in this specific play, though, um, when I'm running down the sideline, I'm literally trying to outrun the safety. And what happened earlier in the game, I had a touchdown where I actually outran him. Same exact spot. Um, almost identical. And so the second time now I'm coming around... And I peek out of the corner of my eye and I see his head down and he's
3: just like he higher angle. He's he's he said he fucking got yeah. me last time. I gotta go higher. <laughs> I gotta go
2: higher. Exactly. And so he learned his lesson, right? So now he's going at a higher angle. He got his head down, he's digging. And so now I I after peeking, um, and I see that I know I gotta put my foot in the ground because I'm not gonna outrun him. Yeah. And so I stop and he was close enough to me. Where if he actually reached his hand out, he probably could have hit the ball. Yeah, and so naturally, when somebody's that close to you, it's either you squeeze it, or if you're trying to get busy, you just do something crazy, right? Yeah, hey, he got <laughs> and busy. That's what came out, you know. And, that, and that's and I think um, you know when we play the game, a lot of things and a lot of part most of the game is is really built on instincts. You know what I'm saying? Um, and instincts and vision. And, and so for me in that moment, it was all about instincts and vision. And I just my hand went back. I put my foot in the ground. I knew I was going to stop and reverse. I just didn't know I was going to put my hand like yeah. on the side behind my back like that with the ball, and cut behind them. But um, and then
0: outrun everyone.
2: And then outrun everybody.
0: <laughs>
2: outrun everybody, man.
0: How many times did you think of? Have you did you see that play before you've done it, like in your dream? Because you know what I mean. A lot of visualization yeah. type. Because I remember we all used to think of that play. Yeah. As a kid, I yeah, used yeah, to yeah. have that kind of memory of that kid. I, I talked about it in another episode where you cut back and you do that. Yeah. And, like, I never had the speed to do that. Long speed. <laughs> I could make the miss. But it's almost like you visualize. Did you I visualize believe. stuff? Did you look in your, like... Always. Always. I'll, I'll
2: always visualize
0: the game. That's um, why you have... You had some of the most immaculate vision. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, people yeah. don't realize. Vision mm-hmm. is, like, a real thing. Mm-hmm. There's people mm-hmm. that are fast. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, football fast. And then there's guys that are, like, that have really good vision... That could look fast. Yeah. He just so happened to have both. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and you know the the the, the vision part of it um, started really young when I was growing up watching Barry Sanders. Yeah, and watching Barry Sanders, it looked like this dude had eyes in the back of his head. He yeah, like how the hell did he see him coming? And he would make people miss in a tight space in a phone booth, as we like to say. And I just fell in love. With the art of just making somebody miss, and the art of um, making somebody whiff on a yeah. tackle, you know what I'm saying. And
0: you probably you were probably so good at kill a pill. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you talking about you throw the ball up Everyone,
0: hey, probably one ball. Whoever got the yeah. ball, everyone trying to kill. We don't know what you're running for, but you're yeah, just making people absolutely, miss. Absolutely,
2: absolutely, man. That was I ain't gonna lie, bro. That was one of my favorite games yeah. you know, to play, especially when you know in the streets back home. Um, and so, from the first time I stepped foot on that football field, man, as all I had in my head was cutback, because I saw how lethal it was yeah. when you got people running this direction, or the stampede is going this direction, and you put your foot in the ground, you go that way. Not everybody can switch, can change direction like that, yeah. and and flip their hips. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, still keep that speed, that momentum going. And so, I found a way to use it to my advantage, and. I felt like that was one of my best weapons was the cutback. You always. know what I'm saying? And so that's why. Open field I tackle. That. You're, yeah.
0: I, I, that's what I see. Even when you're in your Saints, they'd hit you with those little Y routes, swing mm-hmm. routes. And it was basically a tackling drill. And <laughs> you would hit him, and you were so good at reading leverage or you would skinny yeah. him up, meaning you, yeah. you attack him. So it gives you a yep. two-way go. And then if he overran it, that's when you'd always Absolutely. cut back.
2: And I think that's such an important thing that you just said, man, is, you know, is attacking someone's space yeah. Attacking someone head on, it freezes them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And you have to put, you have to sit and wait now. And when you do that, when you put a guy in that situation where you attack him, you attack his space. Um, you put, you put him on an island. Yeah, and you force him to make a, you know, to 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 choose a side as opposed to just going to one side, letting the guy just kind of run you out of bounds or tackle you, whatever that is.
0: So let's, let's put this in perspective. With, on the tackler's point of view, when he mm-hmm. comes into the open field, he's taught to mm-hmm. keep his feet moving, and you you play him with one – it's like you're trying to use your help. So he's got to use his near shoulder, near knee, and kind of you're, – you're trying to make the runner pick Absolutely. a specific side to hit. Absolutely. And when you attack him, as soon as the defender puts his feet in the ground because they get scared and they feel the speed – yeah. That's when it's game over because once their feet are in the ground yep. and you're continually moving, it's it's they can't Absolutely. they can't they can't catch up. And a defensive player
2: wants you to pick a side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He does not want you to attack him head on. It's like route running. It's a two-man, yeah, he got a two-way go. The defensive player is taught to is taught to attack right leverage, right? And use your help. your help, help. Right? Where's the help at? Yeah. And so You know, that's one thing that I knew, you know, going into every situation. So, for example, when I would run option routes, I'm sure you knew the same thing. Um, You got a guy, If man to man, I'm attacking him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting, I'm doing my steps out and then I'm attacking him because I know I got multiple ways to go. If it's zone, I'm going to run, check down, turn around, sit down, and I'm not going to attack him. Right. And it's no different than when you're running the ball at somebody. Right. If I'm running the ball at you. Uh, I'm going to attack you uh, versus if you got
0: multiple guys around
2: me. Now I got to go to a specific, you know what I'm saying, like space, you know, versus like attacking that guy.
0: Yeah. So man coverage, whenever there was a man coverage. Yeah. Depth, anything Mm -hmm. doesn't matter as long as you win. Yep. Now, when it comes to zone, Mm -hmm. everything, there's two things that you always have to have. Depth and spacing so you can stretch the zone and find the vulnerable spots. That's what we're talking about, folks. A little high level, but let's get back. (laughs) Yeah, it might be too high level. Yeah, (laughs) let's get back to Helix High School in San Diego. Yes, sir. Now, there were always these talks, and this was back before. I mean, social media was just coming. I think I saw a MySpace page or Mm -hmm. something about mm. this kid from San Diego that was the, the, the highlight tape that was going around the internet <laughs> was like, fuck it, who is this guy? <laughs> what's, the, what's the high school sports scene like in San Diego? And and is it... Alex Smith went <clears throat> to high school?
2: Yep. Alex and what's Smith.
0: up with Alex Smith talking shit about my guy? I don't know, bro. I don't know where that came from. I you know. Know. like, <laughs> hey, I swear. If hey, I going? saw that
2: quote, I was like, what? I, it, listen, it threw me, I was just... I had questions just like you probably I, got he, questions. He don't
0: even seem like that. That hey, ain't you, guy. What is he it? doesn't. That ain't you, pal. No, that's not you, guy. I don't,
2: I don't, you know, I would love to have <clears throat> seen the actual context of the I interview. Of how it was said. Because you know sometimes people can take things out of context. Yeah. And they'll take just a little snippet of what you said. Like, oh, no, that's know. That's I don't know. I,
0: I watched the whole thing. Did him you? and Rex fucking jumped on him.
2: Did I? Yeah.
0: Well, I expect that from Rex.
2: Yeah. Hating ass Rex. I expect that from
0: Rex, Ryan. All right? i tell you right now, he, he's so funny for TV, Rex. I went out, and it was right after they beat us in the playoffs and the whole foot thing with um, mm. yeah. Welker, yep. and uh, they beat us. We were over at the Belmont, New York, yeah. at the uh, the horse thing. And that dude, like, I hated him until I met him. I met him. He was like the coolest dude, drinking beers, taking shots with us, talking shit. Bro, Rex, Rex is Rex one Ryan. of the guys. He's he one of the guys. He's one of the guys. And,
2: you know, it's, it's
0: I, I have my
2: different takes on as a coach. And, again, you've been around one of the best, mm-hmm. right? You understand the level of just how you must approach the coaching game and how you must approach your team – on a day-to-day basis and even optics, right? Yeah. Of how everything looks, it all matters. Everything, you know what I'm saying? And so again, I love Rex, um, but I played for Rex in, in Buffalo for one year and it was the worst I had ever been around. <laughs> and I, I we hadn't, there was no control over the team. Rex got fired like after week, like, I don't know, three or four. Then the OC got fired. It was like, bro, we were playing. My running back coach was like the head coach
0: at this point. I mean, Brady just put another one out in the pasture. Bro, exactly. There's another one over. Oh, it's a shitty-ass AFC East that designed the team. Literally, Tom had to have teams that were designed to try to beat Tom for 20 years. Right. Exactly. Like and everyone wants to say, oh, the well, the AFC East was dog shit. Well, yeah, 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 this that. You but it got, wasn't though. It wasn't. It you, really wasn't. Miami <laughs> was always really kind of. They always had those years. Yeah. The Jets always came in. They beat our ass a couple times, especially when Miami had and now Ricky Buffalo. Williams. Yeah, and when they had uh, Ronnie J- Brown. Ronnie they Brown they running the, the uh, Wildcat.
3: The
2: Wildcat. They were destroying people. They whooped our but ass. But even a couple of those Tannehill
0: year. teams, they went to the playoffs.
2: Tannehill. Yep. Because they had good defenses. Exactly. exactly. But so we know that the AFC was not weak, especially in the NFL. There's no such thing as no, no the NFL. Like, oh. there's no such
0: thing as. Alex, weak. you're not that guy. <laughs> That's not you, pal. Alex, you ain't that guy. I
2: don't know, man. You don't I'm want that smoke he...
0: with the
4: goat? No, 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 no.
2: He don't want that smoke with
4: the goat. Stick I'm to the
0: UFOs that, commercials.
2: <laughs> Come on, man. Is is nah, no no? But how was that much high school
0: scene? Let's get this, yeah. how was that high school? How was high school football in San Diego? I, I never really heard of it. I always hear about LA i A. I'm from yeah. the Bay, mm-hmm. so what's the San Diego scene?
2: It was it was uh, competitive. It was good, man. Um, high school football in San Diego is big. Yeah, it's not as big as like Texas and some of these other places. You know what I mean? But um, especially the era that I was playing um, in San Diego, our high school, we didn't lose we didn't lose any games. Um, Alex was our quarterback, and um, every position at every position on our football team, um, we had speed, and that's one of the things I loved about playing at the high school level. Was a lot of our athletes that played um, receiver, running back, safety, corners—they all ran track, and so we had a bunch of, a bunch of track guys, um, you know. Also, but football players who also ran track, and they just had speed, and so we were really good. we were really fast. We didn't lose, like I said, any games. Um, we ran the football a lot. And it wasn't until like around I think my junior year, and Alex just started balling, right? And that's when he started to we started to throw the football a lot more. Um, we kind of spread the offense out more and ran more of a West Coast true style offense. Before that, I don't know if you remember. Before before that, um, oh my God, the misdirection,
0: run and shoot. Yeah. It was wing a, T Wing T.
2: That was it. Wing T. So we ran the Wing T for like the first two years. And then we transitioned more into this West Coast spread out offense. And that's when Alex just took off and started yeah. throwing the football a lot more. But the, the again, the high school football scene in San Diego is really strong, man. Is a lot there a of bunch players. of military kids? Um, no. Nah. There's not a bunch of, not a bunch of, I know you, but because of the, the base and yeah, the, yeah. I just
0: wonder, maybe you got some tough ass, like military kids. As far
2: as, far as I know, as far as I came across, no, um, there, there wasn't, you know, a bunch of military kids, but you know, I, I grew up in the era of watching guys, you know, Ricky Williams is from my neighborhood. Um, Marcus Allen, Terrell Davis, Rasham Salaam, rest in peace. Uh, Rashawn Salam was one of the, I think still the only running back and player to win a Heisman Trophy from University of Colorado. And so um, we had just in my area alone, four Heisman Trophy winning running backs and some Hall of Famers. Junior Sal was from was from San Diego. He was the biggest. Um, and that's who I
0: idolized growing up was. We all did. Anyone he, from California.
2: Anybody from but especially from San Diego yeah. though. When you're from San Diego and you play football or you play baseball, you idolize Junior Sal or Tony Gwynn. Yeah. And those were our two guys. And so for me growing up, I used to go to this kids' football camp that a guy named Martin Bayless used to put on. Martin Bayless played in the NFL uh, for a number of years, about 10 plus years. And he used to always do this kid's football camp. And every year, me and my boys, it was like the highlight of our summers. We get to go to this kid's camp and we get a chance to meet uh, an NFL football player. And every year Junior Sal would show up and he would spend a little time with the kids, man. And I got a chance to meet him. Um, And it was just like, it, it literally was like looking at like God, you know what I'm saying? Like the God of football. And he was larger than life, um, just had a great personality. And, I played with him
0: in, in New England.
2: And so let me take, bring it full circle. I get drafted, go to the NFL. After my first season, I come back home to San Diego to host my first kids football camp. And Junior Sal came to it, bro. And it was just like a full circle moment. Um, you know, just just seeing him come to my camp and just you know having spent some time with a man. Um, you know, there was nobody better when he was at when he was at his prime, you know what I'm saying? Nobody at all. And so for me, growing up watching those guys, it was a real treat because I got a chance to see guys from my area do it and do it at the highest level. And that gave me all the confidence in the world that, okay, I can go do this too. You know what I'm saying?
0: Is there something in the water? <laughs>
2: I, I think so, man. Jesus. Because,
0: do you uh, because, hear that
2: list? Yeah. Because, you know, again, like just from my area alone, and, and I mean like a, like a, 15 mile radius. Yeah, Like all those guys grew up in, grew up in that area, man. Not Junior Seattle, Junior Seattle
0: was a little bit more north. Yeah, but, like, All the other running backs, all from my area. That's crazy. Junior was, I mean, unbelievable. stand up. And, and dude.
2: Ricky Williams was, he was the man coming out of San Diego. And you know, as big as he was in the NFL, he was that same size in high school. He, so <laughs> imagine like this dude, he's a tank. Tank. Just running over people, man. And it was just, it was just not fair. You know, it wasn't fair, but shout out to Ricky Williams, man. Um, you know, he's one of the, another goat from from my area that did it before me, show me, paved the way for me, and show me that I could that it was possible.
0: I have, we have Ricky on here. He he is a gem,
2: dude. Yeah, like he got a raw deal, man. While he was in the league, you know, dude, he's a pioneer. He's a
0: pioneer. Everything that's different at first, everyone fucking hates. Exactly.
2: It can Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, man. And but, so you know, he, but he, even to his
0: like, he's such a good dude. Where like Great he guy. goes like you could say that narrative like that and he'd be like yeah you know it was just it was just a little too early before it's time <laughs> you know or like you know the whole what's his name applewood yeah yeah Applewhite, Applewhite, the whole yeah. situation he, so you know that he he explained it on ours and he goes yeah you know it's not his fault he was banging my girl you know I, she was hot you know like he's he said i can't blame him i can't blame him. yeah that's what he said <laughs> he's just the i'm like dude i need your perspective around <laughs> me all the time now, yeah, talking man. about college yeah. goats from yeah. that area, how did like Junior Seau, did he influence you to ev- like with the USC thing or is um, that just because yeah. SoCal, you go to USC? Well, there was, I think there
2: was, you know, an influence there. I think it was more of uh, Marcus Allen that influenced Allen. me because again, I, I looked up to Junior, but Marcus Allen was from my neighborhood. Um he grew up in my area, um, played running back, played the position, went to USC, you know what I'm saying, Hall of Fame career in the NFL. And so it was really more guys like Marcus Allen and Terrell Davis, um, Rasham Salam, and Ricky Williams that influenced me heavily because, again, these are guys that played my position from my neighborhood, um, won Heisman trophies, and then also had you know amazing careers going forward. So, you know, those were the guys that kind of influenced me, um, you know, while I was um, you know, in high school, you you commit, you go to
0: USC. Yeah. Your first year, you didn't really. Yeah, I, I didn't play uh, a whole lot. My first, you were year. Kind of, they were yeah. just kind of working you in because uh-huh. they were still. I mean, they were doing the thing.
2: They wasn't ready for me yet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because my freshman year, I could have. My freshman year, I could have went off too. Yeah. You know what I mean, but um, we had some guys that were ahead of me, um, Herschel Dennis, and some we and we had a and this other thing like I said, we had three five-star running backs that came. It was me, Lindell White, and Chauncey Washington. And then we had Herschel Dennis in front of us who was from Long Beach Poly, who also was a five-star running back. You know what I'm saying? And so in HD, Herschel Dennis, he he was as you know really big coming from Long Beach Poly. Cause you remember Poly was putting out D1 athletes. Poly consistently yeah. every year, like five, 10, 15 guys, you know, and all these guys would go to the NFL. And so Poly was as big as it got in LA from a football standpoint. And so when I got to USC, um, I right away felt the sense of urgency that I got to get on this football field and I got to get to work yeah. because there's a bunch of guys here, all great players, and I got to figure out my niche. I got to figure out what's going to work for me. And so that's part of the reason why I started returning kicks, punts. Not started. Sorry. I did that in, I did that in high school. But that's one of the reasons why I kept that going when I got to college, and I didn't just abandon it because I was like, I got to find other ways to get this football in my hands.
0: Creating value, folks. That's what it's called. For young players, that's what I had to do too. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you're not great at one thing quite yet, like, you have to be the man where you don't have to do anything else. Mm -hmm. There's only, like, three of those guys, four of those guys (laughs) on the team. Then you have to... If you're not that guy, then you got to get really good at a bunch of things. Yep. You know, and the more... You get good at the more value you create for yourself to the team, mm-hmm. and, and that's I mean, I mean it suited you because yeah. once you got to the league, I mean you, you were still nonstop monster behind punts, kickoffs,
2: yeah. and that's why I tell you know a lot of guys, you know young guys too, man at the college level, do more. Don't yeah. just go in there and be like I'm only gonna play running back or I'm only gonna play you know receiver. If you go play X, go play in the slot. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Go go return some punts and kicks and see where it takes you. You never know. It could be part of your purpose and your calling at the next level, and it could make you exponentially more money
0: as well at the next level. Cordell Patterson, exactly. exactly. Cordell Patterson still Guy playing, drafted top ten, returning yes. kicks, returning kicks. Nah, playing running back. Well, he he started doing that with us. So dude, yeah. he's he's a monster. monster. He's like he he just reminds you of like an elk. Yeah. he's just so big, like a big ass elk. Yes, yeah. But he can run Absolutely. now when so year two comes in year two when was the moment where you walked on campus mm-hmm. it was the last when was the moment where like it was the last time you could like walk around campus because i'm sure you were getting mobbed everywhere so what was what was the the game before yeah. the mobbing started
2: happen? uh you know honestly it didn't really get crazy um and and again when i say crazy it wasn't like you were mobbed everywhere you went on campus, right? People who saw you, like, people had stuff to do. Kids had, they got shit to do. They got classes to go to. They got essays, midterms. Um, so it wasn't as big on campus like the mob rushing you, trying to get your autograph and pictures. But at our games, it was like that because we had every celebrity known to mankind on the sidelines, yeah. you know what I mean? And so that was where the star-studded lights, camera, action, Hollywood look and feel, you know, infused into – college football that's where all that happened um when we were on a college campus i mean yeah there were people who came up to us asking us for autographs and pictures and stuff like that but it was not like a mob it was not like that and so i love that about usc because because again like you know people obviously they were hardcore football fans but also people just kind of left you alone too yeah. you know what i'm saying and whenever if we went to the parties um then maybe yeah it
0: it, it, it could maybe get like that you weren't going to parties. You were going to like hide and shit. <laughs> you going to the clubs, 18 years old, in there. You know Josh <laughs> I, over I there with lie. the We did go hat. to clubs. He got the cane on. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. For I, forgot you know <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you know Josh.
2: I forgot you know Josh. Josh had us up in the clubs, bro. I uh, can't uh, lie.
0: <laughs> was it, what was your first impression of Pete Carroll? Did he have a huge pack of gum? <laughs> How big was his pack of gum?
2: My first impression, uh, so I first met Pete when he came to my high school. Obviously a big deal. Pete Carroll's coming to, uh, to Helix High School um to do some scouting, you know, to watch me. And um, you know, when I first met him, you know, I was I was excited, but I, you know, I thought he was just, you know, a regular coach, um, a good guy. He had a great personality, and he was energetic too. Yeah. He always brought a lot of energy um to the conversations to practices, to the film rooms, to team meetings and stuff like that. And so I love the fact that he brought that youthfulness to the game because, as you know, man, football is stressful enough. You know what I'm saying? And it's more stressful when you're losing. You know what I'm saying? And it's more stressful when the environment is not on par with, you know, trying to win and trying to accomplish the same goals and you're not having fun. And so I've been in those environments before. I've been on some teams, you know, at the NFL level where, you know, it just wasn't fun. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I always loved the fact that Pete brought the youthfulness the youthfulness to the team. And then he would bring, you know, a bunch of celebrities. Snoop Dogg was at our practices running routes Unk. with the receivers. And I remember Will watching. Ferrell. He's looking, looking tall. Yeah, Will Ferrell would be out there. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was just, it was amazing, man. Because, again, I thought Pete did a masterful job at, being able to bring Hollywood and football together, you know, and and that's the thing that USC offers that no other university can offer um, is you have both of these two worlds where if you can bring them together and win,
0: forget about it. It's like the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I just moved out here, and you can feel the presence of three organizations here. Yeah. The Dodgers, the Lakers, and USC. We're we're starting to get a kiss of the Rams, but mm-hmm. they gotta still build. Yeah, I gotta. you got them, but like people around here love SC. Yeah. They love SC. Yeah. Bolt
5: up, baby. Bolt up. <laughs>
0: Are you, did Chargers, you re- the Chargers too. Yeah. What did you say? Hashtag Hashtag the Chargers. I thought they're in San Diego still, no. aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> aren't they? Come
2: on, man. Hey, man. Listen, as a San Diego homegrown native. I hate seeing seeing the Chargers not being San Diego. They got to get bro. them back there, huh? I don't. What's up just, with the listen, city? Is it the city or is the owners? Who is it? I don't. It's. I think it's from what I. I don't know the true facts. So I don't not fact. Well, don't fact throw check. anything out there. But from what i her, heard, it's just the two parties just are clashing heads, and nobody wants to give. You know, I'm sure it all come down comes down to money as always. You always. know, usually the bottom line. And you know, I think what I've heard is that the city didn't want to fund. You know the stadium, which you know, we know stadiums cost a lot of money. And um, but also at the same time, it's like, why not? You the know, the Super mean? Bowls really there would be nice.
0: I mean, who who the doesn't want to go
2: take a visit, you know, vacation to San Diego? You know
0: how much economic stimulus you get? At Super oh Bowl and what the World Cup comes here, they probably hey we will throw a game out there, a little qualifier. Bro, yeah. dust ball. off Qualcomm, Ooh. baby. Dude, I love <laughs> playing there. They have good grass. Man,
2: listen, that stadium old as hell. They need to <laughs> blow that thing up, and build something new. <laughs>
0: The basketball playoffs are here. Game time makes getting playoff tickets fast and easy. Prices on game time app actually go down the closer it gets to tip off. Playoff seats for $100? bucks? i will take that all day. The last minute ticket availability. Save up to 60% off buying last minute for sports, concerts, comedy, theater, etc. How easy is it to find all the big events coming up in my area? Knowing exactly what the view from my seat will look like and event cancellation protection game time has the most flexible customer service policy in the ticket game take the guesswork out of buying professional basketball tickets with game time download the game time app create an account And use the code JULIAN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code JULIAN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices,
3: guaranteed. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
0: This is a segment where we go back in time oh, yeah. of November 19, 2005. of The time and era of what was going on pop culture mm. of this game. Number one movie was Harry Potter. <laughs> little Harry Potter movie. Oh, my God. You guys see it? Yeah, that was a Harry Potter. Guy.
4: Got, yeah, Casual. I was casual.
0: I just started getting into it because my daughter likes it. I, I've seen some clips. I, I
2: haven't sat through an
0: entire Harry Potter movie, though. Maybe a I have cliff notes to be honest. To books, yeah. I've seen the first three. We were gonna start reading. She likes that wizardry stuff. And then we yeah. went to that universal thing. They got the little wands <laughs> that you could do the magic with. Oh man. Number one song. We all know this one Gold Digger by Kanye oh West and God. Jamie Foxx. That's a long, long time ago, man. boy. Oh, that was a great song. That was that was a good one. We got we got we probably should move on from this slide right now, but there's is what's up with our guy? Is he is he in trouble?
4: Who are we talking about? Jamie Fox. No, yeah. he's, he's on is the Is he mend. sick?
0: He was sick, right?
4: Yeah, he's doing better. I think. Though. Is he back? I hope so. We need him. He's a gem. Yeah, he's my dog.
0: Quadruple we, he, threat. I see him out and about. He's cool. Yeah. no
2: he's he's good. He's he's good now. He's
0: healthy. That's good. Around this time, Harvard beat Yale in a triple overtime
4: on Gosh. this day, and Miami, number three in the nation,
0: went down to Georgia Tech. So another upset.
4: Is this football? Harvard. Yeah, this is Harvard Yale, baby. We're talking some Ivy. We're talking League football. Harvard Yale. <laughs> Love it. I gotta be honest. I've never watched a Harvard Yale football game.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think I have either. You know, it's kind of a big I I lived in Boston, so it's a big it's a pretty big deal out there. Yeah. I mean it's the oldest. I think it's the oldest rival it's, in football. Oh, really? Mm, I damn. think it's the first the Rutgers, first Princeton. Princeton. Yeah, Rutgers. Yeah. Princeton and who? Rutgers. Rutgers. It yeah, was the first stadium, football though. game. Gosh. Oldest
5: stadium in the country. yeah. Oh, yeah
0: that's crazy. Gotta give a shout out to the olds. Yeah. The the, the old Ivy League. We'll, <laughs> probably, we'll be working for those the people.
2: They all own companies now
0: and executives and yeah. top firms. <laughs> I mean, we're on our phone, they own all of it. Yeah. Google, <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. Xbox 360 was released. Xbox guy. Big week. PlayStation. Are you PlayStation? Oh. PlayStation
2: guy, baby. Come on, man. So this
0: is how I break it down. Okay. Ever since I went to college. This is who has Xbox and who doesn't. And just in all my friends. All my international friends, people from Europe, PlayStation. All my black friends, PlayStation. <laughs> all my like nerdy white friends, Xbox or PC. <laughs> I swear to God. Is that not the breakdown? That is it. Is know. that not the breakdown? International Damn, this, people love PlayStation. I I'm going through my homies. All my black out. friends, they all play 2K out. on
2: PS5. I had no homies
0: that had Xboxes. None. See? All PlayStation.
4: I think this theory checks out. Yeah.
0: Full proof. But uh I was an Xbox guy. <laughs> nerd, nerd. Uh, CFL Grey Cup went into overtime the first time in 44 years. Talking weird football games this week. Man. BC Lions. I, I'm, I almost went to the BC Lions. I, I got drafted to the really? BC Lions. They want me to play quarterback out of college. Why, why you didn't take it? I didn't grow up trying to be a CFL NFL player. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't want to go to the NFL. <laughs> no, it was like, too, it was like so incentive based. it was like 50 grand to be on the team, 100 yeah. grand if you're the starter, yeah, another hundred. Like that's yeah, how yeah, those yeah. contracts were. Oh, it was wow. gnarly. Wow. I took my talents to Fox. Yeah, bro. you oh, did the right God. thing. The first partial face transplant. Damn. The science talk. Was it this lady right here? Yeah, she don't look too bad. Face off. mauled by a dog. When was the
4: movie Face Off? <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Cage. Let me oh, see. she got she got bit by a dog. Yeah, damn
2: dogs. I got bit <laughs> by a dog once too. Did you? Yeah. What I, kind? Love, I love dogs though, but dogs will bite your ass if you run up on the wrong one. Yeah, oh, so that, real. Mine was a Rottweiler. Hit yeah. my hand. God. I was in, I was in high school, and I wanted to fuck that Rottweiler
0: up. <laughs> see, you know what? I, I don't like dogs. I love my dog. You know, because I know I know what my dog's about. You don't know what these people are doing <laughs> yeah, behind closed doors with, with their dogs, nah, and it's not the doggy's fault. Right. It's a goddamn owner. Exactly. It's a goddamn right. owner. Why don't you go sit in the mirror? It's not your dog's fault. It's you. However your dog acts is a reflection of how you're training or doing something with him. Bro, you go just... see my dog. He wipes his feet off before he comes in this goddamn house. <laughs>
2: not when you're not here,
5: I know you're a
0: little rascal. Yeah, exactly. He's getting
2: terrible. This I'll tell you the the biggest. That if you want to go to a place and you want to see whose dogs are well-trained versus whose dogs are not well-trained, go to a dog park. Oh, yeah. If you go to a dog park. I swear to God, I've seen some dogs literally like gang fights. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, raw, 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 yeah. just a bunch of dogs just starting a big-ass <laughs> gang fight. You're like, God damn, what is, are what is, uh thug dogs we got?
0: <laughs> Dude, dog park community life should be a TV show. It really should. It really should. The people, like, I have a dog park I go to around here where I live, and you see the people, and, like, some people are so smug, like, oh, you have your dog off uncertainty. Like, it's like they judge you and shit. I'm like, I'm I'm rolling over in a fucking white tank top, a white beater, fucking some Cortezes and shit, let my little (laughs) Labradoodle just run around. (laughs) These people are, like, judging me and shit. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, Heisman winner. Yes, sir. 2005. Let's go in sports history was my guy right here. And now is, is that over yet, or we we get the Heisman? Oh,
2: oh, nah, but we got some we got some things that are coming down the pipeline that are gonna change that. Like what? So, and that's about as far as I could tell you. But yeah, it's Heisman Trust. We on that ass. Well, I'm on the Heisman Trust ass. I can say that. Yes, right. I'm on their ass. Let's and go. The, and the NCAA.
4: That's
0: NC two A, both of them.
4: Hall of Fame this week though, right? Last week. Feudet, Congratulations Feudet. Recently, on that.
2: Recently, it was recently. Recently, Coach that's Football that's Hall of Fame.
0: You know, when like I said, top three. Anytime you ask anyone of anyone, Reggie's mm-hmm. in the top one. <laughs> NFL oversees groundbreaking ceremonies for Lucas Oil Stadium wow. and the AT&T Stadium, valuing one point seven billion dollars collectively. This one,
4: uh, this is kind of the the new era of stadiums that we're seeing today. This this kicked off the billion dollar. We want to yeah. host concerts. We want final fours. We want to play indoors. Everything should be seventy two degrees on yeah. AstroTurf. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I love it. I like the elements. <sighs> okay. I just I just want to say this. Fuck AstroTurf,
0: Dude. Yes,
4: this is an anti-AstroTurf Turf podcast. Is
2: fucking horrible for your body. Horrible, as you know, playing up there. In New England, especially in that cold, I don't cold. know how y'all did it in that cold playing on that turf because the turf hurts worse.
0: We practice on grass. Oh, y'all yeah,
2: practice. We on practice grass. on grass and yeah.
0: outdoors every time.
2: Y'all never practice on turf.
0: No, if we did, smart. There was a couple times where our f- it'd be so cold that our 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 ground our grass would freeze. Yeah, and the pipes. It was so cold that the pipes couldn't heat it up because they yeah, have the yeah. heating system. Yeah, where it freeze where, and then they'd have to go into the stadium, and we'd have like a lighter practice, but mm. like. You know, when you have an older team, yeah. that, that puts guys down for two days. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it's, there's a residual effect of, of working on that turf. Just through joint and stuff, yep. you know, so it's, it's definitely tough.
2: Turf is not good for you, and every stadium needs to go back to grass.
0: I'm with
4: you. Couldn't agree more. Also this week, in the backyard brawl, Pat White balled out 250 yards, set the Big East quarterback rushing record. Mm. Reggie, were you keeping an eye on dudes like Pat White back? Absolutely, when, yeah. Back when absolutely, you were Pat UFC?
2: White was a dog back then. Beast. Um, he was a beast. So watching him um, at West Virginia was West Virginia Mountaineers, the West right. Virginia Mountaineers. <laughs> this dude running up and down the sidelines, man. But nah, he was a beast, and he was rocking at number five too. I think oh, Pat M- McAfee was there. Love.
4: Was Pat McAfee there that year? I think he was. Let me double check.
0: Probably never had to punt. <laughs> you got Pat, dude. Pat White.
4: Pat so White I was
0: a dog talking about drafting so when i got going coming out and i was getting recruited and you know you go you know how the process goes you yeah. go to a pro day you you work out for teams then yeah. you get visited to facilities well miami was like all over me and it was because they had the wildcat we were just talking ricky williams ronnie ronnie brown yeah. the wildcat thing was like hot mm-hmm. and i was you know my senior year of my college i ran for like 1500 yards and I threw for like so I could. They were like thinking of an evolution potential. So like I was thinking, man. I was...
2: Wait, can we just stop there? You ever think about that and where that may have could have taken you if that if that actually happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you ever think about that? Go back and I'm like, damn, I could have been like,
0: nah, because you know I I was catching the ball. I, could, I couldn't hit them them 18 yard outs so like, <laughs> like these dudes. These dudes could throw. You know, these, if you're in the league. Okay, so so you wasn't accurate you wasn't i could do i I was more of a runner (laughs) i was more of a runner i like to run all right you know so i I no that was like a hot thing the wildcat and draft day came and i'm like sitting there i got a miami hat i think i'm going to miami potentially (laughs) i've been talking to their scout and first, with their second round pick, they picked Pat White. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Pat White. I got so mad at him. I was like, I, I went out there. This is the first time ever in Miami. I was like, this place is so nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking Pat
2: White. Hey, man, but look at look how look how it worked out for you. You know what I'm saying? Turned out good. And I, I look at that situation you know, similar to mine. I was supposed to be number one draft pick to Houston. Yeah. And, um, you know, not going to Houston – probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I get a chance to go to New Orleans, play with Drew Brees, yeah. go win a Super Bowl, and you know, be able to bring back hope into a city that was just destroyed by Hurricane Katrina by just winning football games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I never would have been privileged to that, you know, had I not been drafted there, had I gone first. So everything works out for a reason, man.
0: How did that draft process go? It was, you know, so for me,
2: when I went to the combine, you know, you go through all your interview process. Mm-hmm. 31 teams didn't want to interview me because they were like, he's not going to be here. Mm-hmm. He's going number one. So I literally only spoke to Houston. And I only was talking to Houston the entire process leading Did up you- to the night before the draft. It was the only team I ever spoke to. And so Charlie Casserly was the GM at this time. Charlie. And he, you know, I later found out some, re- some reasons why. Um, which had to do, you know, with the Heisman Trophy. And I guess, you know, supposedly they had a private investigator come do a whole investigation. Why does it matter? And the investigator came back and told him I had bad character, don't draft me. And so that's how I ended up not going to Houston and why they took, um, you know, Mari Williams, which is fine. It is what it is. Um, But it's just to give you context as to, you know, again, why it didn't happen and why I ended up going to new orleans but it, it all worked out for the best you know what i'm saying and you know i look at that as you know one of the greatest moments in my life being able to go to new orleans because um one it's an amazing place i don't know if you've ever been there amazing people and the best food in the world yeah best food
0: in the world bro i've never I'm experienced sure. it I've, I've only got there i went down there and got my ass beat in 2009 <laughs> when you guys beat the shit out of us on so <laughs> fucking Monday night football people had umbrellas and Stuff yeah, inside is beating our. It was the loudest. It, I felt like I. I don't know. I. I don't know where I was at, but we got our <laughs> ass beat, and I, I. didn't even remember anything of that.
2: Yeah. And but but again, man, it's you know it, just going back to the story and me going down there. Um, I believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I believe you know our purpose. You know sometimes. Um. You know we think we're in control, and there's times where we're not in control, and it's it's you know it's for a reason.
0: Yeah. So. That's how it goes, man. Every, yeah. I I'm a firm believer of that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, whether 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 it's good or bad, it, it's it's happening. You can do two things. You know, you could yeah. either relish on something that good happened. There's gonna be another day. You know, so and something bad happens, you can you know, you learn from it. Yep. And absolutely. things happen. Yep. Now, what what's what's Drew Brees like? You talked him up. Yeah, absolutely,
2: man. Monster. Love him, man. Drew's the man. Focus. Hyper focus. Bro, so I will tell this story. I always tell the story about Drew. Um, I was coming from USC. I'm um, always prided myself in being one of the hardest workers. That's like my main focus. Is I'm just gonna outwork everybody. I'm gonna outwork my competition. I'm gonna outwork my opponents in games. And when I got drafted to New Orleans, um, you know, and again, feeling that that sense of responsibility of, you know, you have an opportunity to bring back hope into a city and. You know all that was inside of me um going into New Orleans. And so I made it a point to, you know, be one of the first guys in the locker room, one of the first guys in the film room, first guys on the practice field and the last guy off type thing.
0: And to put in context for people out there, when 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 you're a veteran guy and your first round draft pick does that, like that's not always the case. Yeah. You know, that that sets a that sets a tone to the whole team that this guy is about business. When when you because there's a lot of guys that can come in. They're the guy who has to take the pictures, and every time the team does something, he's the first one doing it. He's got the the jersey. He's and so a lot of guys eat that up when and they don't they don't take that shit like that. Yeah. And so I'm telling you yeah. right now, as Drew Brees being a professional, I don't know him, but I know he's a fucking excellent preparer, Absolutely. and so practices everything. When you see a guy like Reggie coming, who's the number two overall pick, and he starts like setting that tone, yeah. I mean, you it's instantly, he's going to gravitate towards you. And it was
2: instant success with me and Drew no. on the football field. I had 98 receptions my rookie year. I remember. 98 receptions. As you, a running back.
0: You a thousand thousand guy, right? Yeah.
2: As a running back, I had 98 receptions. Um, you know, and so, but again, like I said, it was instant success because of my mindset coming in was that I wanted to be the hardest worker. And so I go back to the story, um, I would try to get to the facility first. I'd try to be literally the first guy in the facility. And I would get there when it's completely dark outside. It would be like 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, maybe even five forty-five sometimes. And there would be one car always in the parking lot already. And I would walk into the facility, and Drew would already be in there watching film. Yeah. And I know this guy was the last person off the football field, off a practice field, the day before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm thinking, when did he go to sleep? You know what I mean? If he's here this late, and, and when I say this late, I mean Drew stays on the practice field for about an hour to an hour and a half after practice is done. And I actually shot a video one time, I went back to New Orleans and I posted it. Um, and they had, practice was done, and I everybody had walked off. It was gone inside and i had actually went back into the facility i was kind of taking a tour because all this shit was new and so um i went back into <clears throat> the weight room and then i looked out into the football field because from the weight room you could see directly into the into the practice facility Whew. and drew was out there by himself no football going through plays no coaching, visualization literally i swear it kind of creeped me out for a second because yeah. you know having no football i'm like what the hell is he doing and he's going through every play every motion He's going through his, his checks. I see him like just doing stuff like this, like that. You know what I'm saying? He's going through the game plan, the script, the, the through everything, the reps. Guys have gone home at this point. So there's nobody in the, in the weight room, maybe one of the coaches and Drew still in there working. And I shot this video and I posted it and I was just like, man, listen, for you young guys out there, if, if you want to know how to play for a long time in this league, you want to make a lot of money, this is how you do it right here. This is the kind of, this is the way that you go to work. This is the way that you show up. And so, again, going back to the story, um, I would try to beat Drew into the locker room. And he'll tell you this as well. He would already be in that chair sitting down watching film. And I will just shake my head every time because, you know, I, again, I'm 21 at this point. I'm 21, 22. So, you know, it's. I'm doing everything I can to try to beat this guy. You Which know, is a lot
0: easier, people don't realize. When you're 21, 22, twenty-two, you're fresh in a league. Yeah. yeah. You ain't got family. Exactly. You ain't really got kids exactly. unless you got kids. <laughs> you know, you ain't got responsibility. Yep. You know, when you when you're probably what well, was Drew, is like eighth year?
2: He was yeah, because he had already played yeah. half a career in San Diego. He's got
0: eight years in, he's got yeah. a fucking wife at home, he's got, he's got kids. kids. He gotta be home for dinner. Man. He gotta make sure things are all right. Like, you, there's so that's different perspective. It really is. So the fact that he's going out of his way to try to beat young Buck. Yeah, I mean yep. that's that's taking effort. <laughs> exactly.
2: exactly. So I had OGs in front of me. I had guys like Drew Deuce McAllister. Deuce, um, he was nasty. The Great Will Smith, rest in peace, our defensive end, who's passed away tragically, he was shot and killed. Um, but, you know, having these guys, and Joe Horn too, Joe Horn was there as well. But having guys like that um, in front of me, and them, me watching them work, but it was my, it was mainly Drew that I watched. I really focused in on Drew, right? I watched the other guys, but Drew was the guy I was like, nah, he the captain of the ship, he's the guy. He's the guy that I want to try to emulate my the way I come to work. You know what I'm saying? And so... I never beat him, though. I never beat him into the facility. Um, I was never – he was always later than me off the field. You know what I'm saying? It was just, you know, relentless work, uh, relentless pursuit. And long after I left, he never wavered. Yeah. It stayed the same, you know, up until after I was long retired from the game and he was still
0: playing. You see, you, you know what that does right there? That's what a lot of a lot of guys that play that position. Yeah. Because I was around a guy the same way. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of guys that play that position, you gotta hear that. That everyone is looking at you. And so what you put yourself out there to be Mm -hmm. on the field, off the field, whatever, they're looking at that. Absolutely. And 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 the the professional that Drew was, that motivates guys to fall in line because he's the highest paid guy in the team. He's been there, he's got this, he's got all these, you know. So you have to. So that that's that's a that's a big thing to have that example from the quarterback position. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, that, I mean, this, who are we kidding? It's a fucking quarterback league. It really is. If you don't have a quarterback, and there's so many different size, shape, how you play, but if you don't have your guy, and if he's not the right guy and he's not putting in and showing the guys how it needs to be done – I mean, you're light years yeah, ahead. I know that's yeah. such a famous thing that everyone wants to say, buzz light years yeah, behind. Right,
2: right, yeah, yeah. And it, the other thing is is that, like you said, the rest of the team will follow suit, you follow. know what I'm saying? And when you set that culture, you know, from day one, the first time you stepped foot, um, you know, in that uniform. So this was – my rookie year was Drew's first year yeah. in New Orleans. And it was also Sean Payton's rookie year as a head coach. Yeah. And so we had a lot of unknown, right? We had some great players – but there was still unknown because the year before the Saints were the Aints, and they weren't great. They weren't good. Um, obviously, weren't going through Hurricane Katrina affected a lot of that. But the years prior before that, they were one of the worst teams in the league, you know, for a very long time. And so, it started with Drew, you know, changing the culture and Sean and Sean and, and 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 me. And so, you know, taking that team and changing the culture to being a respected organization, you know, respected winning organization. Um, you know, it was just... I know. mean, that's
0: the crazy thing. It's because of you guys' success that yeah. we still think that the Saints are still going to be good right now. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we, we fail to forget they don't have Drew Brees, they ain't got Reggie Bush, and they haven't got Sean Payton. Oh, they're going to bomb it to
4: Marquise Colson, They'll be good. Take <laughs> some hell.
2: I mean, it's... Exactly, but that's, you know, I, I think uh, you've done this in New England. So you understand it, man, but again, the optics of everything you do, how you work, how you prepare, how you engage with your teammates, the kind of play you are on a football field, the unselfishness of your play and of your work ethic each and every day, it all matters. It does. Every single bit of it matters. And that's why the ones who prepare the best and the most, Patriots, that's why you guys are considered one of the best teams, the best team ever. You had the greatest quarterback ever, man, because- Preparation is key, and it's the number one thing. It over it it, it takes over
0: anything. And that and and that's kind of how it goes. You know, I'm sure Sean set the template of what we yeah. expect. Yeah. And you got a guy like Drew who mm-hmm. polices and enforces, and is the flag carrier of the coach's it. message. And then you got yeah. foot soldier Reggie. Yeah. You know, you got your you got your leaders, but it, it has to be the quarter, which was kind of right. like how we were. You know, exactly, exactly. Bill had an expectation. Tom. You know, followed that and and like was the guy who was fucking showing everyone how to do it. And then you had the guys under him that had to keep, you know, the hurdle in.
2: Tom Brady made a lot lot of people money, brother. He did. A lot of people money. I know you can't say it, but I'm going to say it. He done made a lot of coaches money. He done made some players who didn't deserve, who weren't that great, got paid. Right. One of my boys, Matt Castle, prime example. Brady gets hurt. He goes in, balls out, and then goes and gets paid and plays, you know, X amount
0: of more years.
2: I but like you, Cass. From watching a guy like Tom Dease.
0: Brady, right? Just joking. I think you're really good, guys. Cass. Castle is sensitive about that. You know Castle's that. Cass was my guy. I know. But well, you of know, Cass is sensitive. He might try to wrestle after <laughs> <But>. <laughs> he hears this. He literally, he, he will wrestle you. It doesn't matter where you he are. Will. You he could will. be at a barbecue. <laughs> you could be at the street. You could be, you go to a restaurant. If you say something piss off Cass, he's wrestling you.
2: But nobody – my point is nobody knew Castle, right? No, nah, yeah, yeah. Castle didn't even play at USC because oh, yeah. of Matt Liner, right? And it's no disrespect, but it is what it is. Like, he didn't get on the football field. and But you go to a team like New England and you watch the best prepare, yeah. right? And then you step in and you take full advantage of that opportunity. And now other teams want to pay you and go and, – and, and the rest is history. And so – that's why I always say Brady made a lot of people money. He
0: made a lot of people money. He made money. a lot of
2: coaches money.
0: lot. <laughs> lot.
2: Some coaches who I don't think they're great coaches um, that were in New England with you guys who got exposed when they went and tried to go be head coaches. He got those guys paid. And he made y'all
0: believe that... Which coaches are you talking about?
2: <laughs> a recent one that just got
0: fired with Mickey the Raiders. D's. <laughs> oh, Mickey D's. With the Raiders. Oh.
2: But, but, but again,
0: like... Very good X's and O's guy, right? I'd You know, that's, yeah, it's tough.
2: Yeah, X's and O's, right? But X's. this is what I always say. Jimmy's and, and Joe's. This is where I think the NFL has an has a issue, is the NFL has gone more towards analytics and stat-driven um, coaching searches, right? And the reason why that's an issue and why we constantly see these coaches fail is because you go from coaching offense and just speaking to the quarterback to now where you got to be the cabinet of the ship of the whole team offense, defense, special teams, uh, assistant coaches, uh,
0: executives. Like- hey, coach, what hotel are we staying at? Exactly. <laughs> What's the curfew you sit at? Yeah. Hey, coach, Uh, yeah, one of our rookies just got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go go go! Get in front. Go of Don't manage team. that. Don't <laughs> handle that.
2: Right before it's, your biggest game it, that you got to play. It's a tough job. It's not easy. And so, the, what I'm getting, what I'm getting at is, you need somebody who understands how to build winning culture. Who knows, and in winning culture, you got to be a people person. You got to be able to talk to you, to me, to her, to him, everybody, and it's all got to be genuine, right? And it's all got to come from a genuine place, and everybody has to believe you. Right, Because, like you said, now the eyes are on you yeah. even more. There's a bigger microscope. You can kind of hide when you're in, a, in the booth. Oh, you definitely. You're coaching plays from the booth. I mean, Matt Kenna,
0: you, he, he hid for fucking three years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> once oh, you step out to that front line and that camera's on you, it all matters. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I think an, an, a great example of someone who has taken full advantage of that is one of my old teammates, Dan Campbell, who's coaching the yeah, Lions Nancy,
0: DC. at DC. a
2: high level right now. And you talk about this guy who played the game, um, was a great, was a good player. Well, not a great player. was not like a big, well-known player. But he understood. He he did his job. Dan was like a blocking tight end when I got to New Orleans. He would block his ass off. I knew if I had to go, if I was running to his side, I was going to get some yards. But he did his job and he understood how to build culture. And you can't build culture from analytics. You know what I'm saying?
0: I think that's a great example of also a guy that, because teams are predicated. You have superstars. Yep. Everyone has superstars. It's the role players. How do the role players play? Yeah. And Dan Campbell being a guy that, he was a role guy. He was a role okay? player. Your fucking role, Dan. <laughs> you sit on and you block the nine technique. Yep. You blow his ass up. Maybe mm-hmm. a couple times we'll have you sneak out to the flat and we'll <laughs> throw you a bone. Oh, exactly. No, nah, And Dan Campbell loved it. He was Mm -hmm. a role guy. He understood his role on the team. Yep. Him being able to translate that to his team, that goes a a long way. And you could say that probably with D'Amico as well, how he's getting guys to fight. I'm so glad you just said that, bro. I'm so glad you just said that. Because, D'Amico, I mean, I keep on, I do Fox and I'm over here talking about, yeah, they got to have a hiccup here soon. You know, these guys have been playing too good. There ain't no no hiccups. Where's the hiccup? Rookie quarterback playing lights out, lights out. Nick Casario, shout out Patriot. He was he started, he drafted him, lights out, drafted him. And I've always felt
2: player coaches are always going to have an advantage over coaches who never played the game because they understand what it's like to be in the jungle, they understand what it's
0: like to be in the trenches. Let's let's talk about this, let's talk about this real quick. All right, who. How many player coaches have won a Super Bowl? Well, Let me look that up. How many player coaches have there been? I, would, I mean, that would be
2: my next. That would be my. That's a good next that's question. That's a good one. You know what I'm saying? Because there are not a, a lot of there's former been a player few, head. I mean, coaches. we're getting
0: to it's getting to the point now because we're getting older. Yeah, you know, we're like our generation <laughs> twenty years ago. These motherfuckers <laughs> are player coaches now. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so well, you you it, got, maybe maybe it's still gonna, got Andy Reid winning. <laughs> that motherfucker ain't playing. Mike Ditka. Dicca, Dicka. Rivera. There you go. He didn't win a soup. Either. He didn't win a Super Bowl. Rather. So maybe yeah. I wonder who out of these player coaches now, who's, who's gonna, gonna be win the, the the coach that guy. Vrabel,
2: Rabel's been in Tennessee for a while. Rabes good. And I like Vrabes. Has not Love you know, has not you know won a Super Bowl down there. But when Rabel first took over, you saw how the culture of that team changed right away. Right away. Like right away. They're it always changed.
0: in it and they don't have they're always hurt. Yeah, always hurt.
4: Dungy, one as a player and a head coach. Oh, yeah, Dungy. I think it was Rivera as an assistant. Okay, Sorry. Sorry. and people who
2: play for Tony Dungy love, loved him. Love him. Everybody out, out five. who I've ever spoken to Same. about Tony Dungy loved him. Like, yo, this was a great guy, great man, great coach. Everybody loved him. The people that watch him on Peacock hate him now. <laughs> <though. laughs> I ain't going to lie. Now, when you're talking about TV and broadcasting, I'll be ready to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I but I at, love, Tony he does, has a cost, though. On oh, <laughs> TV, man. I look at him like, oh, that's like that's like the old uncle. Yeah, it's the old, yeah, it's it's the old, old, old jolly uncle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's get into they these need some uh,
2: youth on that damn show. God, <laughs> they damn, got Dev,
0: boy. they got Dev McCarty. Yeah, they got Dev they got McCord. McCarty. Thank I see you, God, McCart. thank God, we got. They don't bring your rig- you don't bring your rings on national TV. Okay, act like you've been there, McCordy. God <laughs> damn. <this laughs> first day, first episode in, he brings all three rings. I'm like, all right, dude. Cats out the bag. <laughs> oh, man. We, we got we to gotta get back into the game. Let's get back to it. Let's get back into the game. We'll be right back after this quick break. Games with Names is brought to you by my friends at WinBet. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas and Encore Boston Harbor to online sports betting. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager from straight up parlays, teasers, and any prop bet you can dream up. All players have access to win rewards and can redeem them for resort credit in Las Vegas and Boston. Sign up today and get in the game online or visit Boston's sportsbook at Encore Boston Harbor. There's no better way to enjoy sports with some extra winnings in your pocket. Betting is a team sport. Join the WinBet team and bet with the best.
4: Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 522 4-7-0-0. Four seven zero zero. Set the stage for these Fresno State Bulldogs. Fresno State Bulldogs. We talked about them earlier. Scrappy bunch. Pete Carroll said after this game, this should have been a top ten team. Yep. The motto was anybody, anywhere, anytime. They were going all over since two thousand.
0: They played twelve FC FBS
4: teams on the road. One four. Of those Pat Hill. 12. Pat Hill. Fucking
0: tough. He used to come to our practices and he he just he was a cool ass dude. Yeah, he, he had like the. Got the, what does he have? The fucking, uh, got the Fu Manchu. The Fu Manchu. <laughs> He's a Belichick guy. Yeah. He, he, he him and Bill, well, he was with Bill, I think, in Cleveland. And then, um, it was
4: a top 10 offense. This was post David Carr. David Carr been gone since 01. So we're in the Paul Pinnegar era here. Pinnegar. Um, he came Paul. in 32 and nine as a starter. So, uh, they had some leadership on this one. They had gone on the road. Their only loss was at Eugene playing, uh, at Oregon earlier in the year. So ranked all year pretty much. Uh, came in. This one ranked 16th. Tough bunch.
2: Yeah, but they didn't play like they was ranked 16th. <laughs> yeah, they came they in like they was in top. They was like they was a top five team.
4: Yeah, I mean they came in slanging on this one. Um, and then as Reggie alluded to earlier, we know. I mean everybody knows this USC team. Five stars galore. Dwayne Jarrett, Steve Smith, Fred Davis, Lindale White, Pete Carroll. I mean, uh, Coach O had just left. Yep. Uh, Norm Chow had just left. Wait. But
2: Coach just left what?
4: Coach Ed Ogeron had left them the season before. Mm. He went to Ole Miss. Um, did he? Yeah. This oh, yeah, he did. he
2: did. He did, he did. Because we had um, Jethro Franklin. Yep. They came over. You're right. And he then left, you had uh, right. Norman Chow leave, but it did not matter. Norm you get bring left.
4: in Lane Kiffin yep. on the coaching staff. Sark was on the coaching Lane staff. Lane was already
2: there. He was Lane was just like a quarterback's coach the and entire time. Elevated uh, to OC. And then they, they elevated him to it. OC with, with Sark.
4: Uh, scoring 49 points a game this season, ranked number one. All this year. is a young Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I like. That. I can only imagine. Yeah. I need some the Lane stories story. about Lane oh Kiffin God, no, in God the streets. I can't tell in the boards. I love Lane. Can uh, you talk about OK? <laughs> <laughs> this team was defending back-to-back Natties, as we know, the 32-game win streak led by Pete Carroll and. uh all these guys. The pressure.
0: Yeah. The pressure had to be coming. So yep. you, was it was it starting to build? You guys are winning so many fucking games.
2: Yep. So this year, this is my junior year, um, it felt like the first I mean, it felt like every game we played, we were down at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, four and games up
4: to this one, it was
0: down at half.
2: We're down at half. And we had to fight tooth and nail because every team
0: was circle. It, they circle US. Throwing the, the kitchen eye. sink at us. Yes.
2: Every trick play known to mankind. I had I had never seen as many trick plays in one Double season. Double reverse
0: pass, <laughs> back to the lineman. I mean, it was lineman throws it, bro. It was nonstop and annexation so, of Puerto Rico. <laughs> Everything.
2: It was it was a dogfight this year. We did not have it easy. We we felt like every every game that we went into, um, it was like up in the air. Like we don't know. We going we gonna find out a lot about ourselves in these dog fights. And every game, second half. We would just step on the gas and turn it on. And you, you know.
0: guys were tired. You guys were toying with teams at first. You guys yeah. were probably bored <laughs> over at the club the night before. <laughs> Ain't no, hey, all right, all right, let me strap up let me get a Gatorade real quick. Hey, yeah. now, now.
2: And our entire D line went to the NFL. Oh, our entire D line. I remember that. Plus linebackers. You got them up here Brian Cushing, Ray Maluga, Cush. Clay Matthews. I, the boys. I played Frosty Pop Ruckler. Warner with the he Tings. He played D-Line though. That's the D-Line I'm talking about.
0: I played Pop Warner with the Tings. Did
2: you? Oh, yeah. Tings, my guys. Those You they were you so. Went to Lo- you didn't go to, what high school They went were? to Logan. No, they we went played to Pop Warner. Oh, Pop Warner, sorry. sorry.
0: And then they, they went, yeah, they went to, they went across Bay went to, where to Logan. their dad, but like his dad worked on my my hand or something. Oh, really? Yeah. He, Where'd he, you go to high school? I went to Woodside. You went to Woodside, okay. Yeah. Ain't no big deal. Let me say this about the
2: Tings. All right. To this day, the only Asian football players I have ever met. All right, but twins, and then when I watched their high school highlight tape, it Fire. was a, well, it was crazy. They were stupid one quick. and when or when they played when they played defense though, this was crazy when we watched this because Coach Carroll would put up guys high school highlight tapes. They would laddle the ball to each other. They would do like the craziest stuff, man, and still to this day, like it's a, it's a sensation to me, like telekinesis, you know,
0: twin activity <laughs> on the field, like
2: twin activity on the football field, just pitching the ball to each other, scoring touchdowns, like and 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 so I was like I said I was just in uh Vegas for the. Recently, for the College Football Hall of Fame, and they were both there. They both came, man. So they're was, awesome. Shout out to the teens, man. Love you. Yeah, y'all. shout. Hey, you know their
0: their older brother, Arthur's like he's like a huge big, actor. Yeah,
2: big Hollywood actor. And,
0: and uh, yeah, he's he's a big like I don't know where, but like I think in China. No, no and, and all over though, and, all over. But I grew he does, up with those guys. Yeah, like and, they were the cool kids because they, they always their dad was the the Niners doc. <laughs> So they'd have all the wristbands and the good Gatorade and shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the their mom Gatorade. used to do the, the film. And they'd have, the, this was like in 1983, <laughs> 4, or 5. And their mom had like the cool camera and cool break game, it down for the coaches it. and shit. They were awesome. They had
2: everything, man. But yeah, shout out to the teams, man. Love y'all boys.
0: They, they, they literally were comparing, Make they were making arguments this year of this team. That you guys could go out and beat. I remember the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Remember? Because this was yeah, when the Niners bad. were Niners terrible. Were
2: really bad. Really bad. And this is what I would say about that. We don't know, but we everybody, pretty much everybody on our on our defensive line went to the NFL. Bunch of running backs. Pretty much in, damn near entire team went to the NFL. So You think it could happen? a bunch of future NFL guys.
0: So you think it could happen?
2: Just we'll never know.
0: We'll never know. We'll never know. What was your relationship with, with Lindell? Great. That's my dog. I love yeah. Lindell.
2: He also showed up and surprised me at the college football hall. Of He's Fame. a monster, huh? Shout out to my dog, Lindell. Um, you know, we, I, this is what I say about He was Lindell. nasty. He pushed me every single day in practice. He pushed me every single day on the football field because he was always on his A game. And... I knew I had to be on my A game because again, as much as we're teammates, we're also competing for the ball, yeah. right? We're competing for touches. And so, you know, there there's there's no better bond and relationship, you know, from somebody who's gonna push you to be your greatest every single day. No. There's you have no, to
0: have that. There's nothing I nothing would say that, that that happened with me and Amandola. Yeah. There is a, yeah, there's I can a see brotherly I can see yeah. competition where it raises both of your levels because mm-hmm. you're trying to you're competing mm-hmm. but you're also competing against yourself exactly. and the better versions that we have for us the better for the team the
2: better for the team man and and so you know shout out to my dog Lindell, man um you know he he again he was such a uh, a force and is just such a you know just a great player to have beside me and to push me every single day um you know and and you know I thank him you know, for that, for being there, and just for being that great player on that field. But, you know, going, again, like I said, we had a bunch of five-star players, and, you know, the competition level of practice was always up. High. It was never down. It was always up. Got to show out in front of Snoop. And it was nasty some, sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It got to a point where we would be in fights with the defense, um, defensive line. We 9-on-7 was a dog fight. Dog we fight. started 9-on-7 every practice.
0: Nine out seven for you guys. That's a run drill where there's no receivers. Receivers are usually doing one on ones, playing you know catch, and it's full live go for the fucking hogs in the yep. box.
2: It's full live go. It's a jungle. They know you're not throwing the football.
0: They know so you're not throwing. Everyone the ball. is downhill. Everybody's coming. It is designed go. to kill the offense. <laughs> and it is literally. There's no play action. Nothing.
2: It's. It might as well be fucking goal line. It is. <laughs> it might as well be goal line. But if you can win
0: on that. You can fucking do it in the game. Exactly. And and that's where,
2: you know, those battles in 907 for me is where I became a man yeah. because I have five star linebackers and D linemen on, on the other side of that football ready to try to take my head off in practice. And so that just always kept your, your, your attention, your focus. Your attention to detail, everything had to be at a high level.
0: And you got NFL scouts every every day at the fucking thing. So you know motherfuckers are going hard. Like, I'm going to show this motherfucker.
2: And and Pete would do this. He would also, our practices, we would have like, there would be some high school teams would be there watching us. Um, There would be fans there. We'd have uh, celebrities there. So practice had an audience. Yeah. So we had to be on our A game, not only for ourselves, but we didn't want to get embarrassed in yeah. front of some high school kids, because you know high school kids are going to make noises if you yeah. if somebody gets, oh, oh. <laughs> if you fumble the ball or you make a move with somebody, oh, yeah. shit, and they all going crazy on the sidelines. So it just amped up practice even
0: Especially more. Especially these LA kids. <laughs> these LA kids going rowdy out there.
2: But yeah, man, 907, I don't even know if that's like, you know, at the high school level, you know, if they still really like getting it popping like that, but- that's where you become a man is is in them 907s. Oklahoma drills. Well you ever do Oklahoma drill?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was a quarterback when it was going down though. I was at Kent. Oh, but they were doing it. I wouldn't I was like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pop Warner, you do bull in the ring and all yeah, that stuff. You thing. know what I mean? Same thing. Yeah. But you know, Linda White being your homie, your best oh friend. Yep. You know, it That's brings me to the point where we need to get to the bounty wingman question. Yeah. It is time for the bounty wingman question bring out the wings please we got the wings well you know bounty is everyone's favorite wingman because you can't have football without wings reggie you cannot and you can't have wings without bounty especially on this beautiful suede couch that (laughs) we have these beautiful uh it gets messy no it doesn't it doesn't because of bounty. Let's let's see what this. Well, I got kids, so for me, my perspective, oh, yeah. it gets messy. It definitely, <laughs> and then gets-
2: that's when I got to clean up with the with the paper towel.
0: We know that bounty helps clean up the messiest moments. Yep. So, what was your messiest moment when you were at USC? Is this
2: on the field or off the field? What are we talking hey. about? <laughs>
0: we don't care
2: oh my god uh i definitely can't tell the off the field stories because this you know i think um you know let's keep it pg and stick to the football no PG. Keep PG. PG, 13. PG, 13. 13. pg 13 13 PG 13 now when you talk about messy are we talking about like sloppy are we talking about like just like dirty fight like anything no matter
0: this is where i'm gonna let you use your imagination <laughs> And and, and it's kind of like art. It's whatever it means to you. All right, I'm going to tell
2: this story right now because this is all I can think about right now. So this was we we're we we're at us. Uh, this is one of those 907 because we we're just talking about 907. And so, like I said, 907 was a dog
0: fight. Cushions over here, probably fucking going <laughs> crazy, doing war dances. Yeah,
2: and when we we had you know our linebackers were coached by. The great Ken Norton Jr.
0: Ken Norton hitting the fucking bag. Ken Norton Jr.
2: talked the most shit of any coach I had ever been around. I love Ken. I love Ken Norton Jr. because I'm a Niners fan. Every time I have I have a book now of old collectible cards. When I was young, did you collect cards? I mean, I have some. I got a whole kid. Bro, I had a book that I still have them in the little uh, plastic uh, individual slides. And I have like three or four Ken Norton Jr. cards when he was with the 49ers and when he was with the Cowboys. And so Ken Norton um, would always amp up practice, especially when we went on one-on-ones with the linebackers blocking yeah. or when we had 907. It was, he's talking shit from from the time we stepped on the field, right? And our running back coach, Todd McNair, played in the NFL as well, was a dog. And so the shit talking was always at a premium. Always. Player always. coaches
0: always. They, they think always. that they're still playing.
2: Yes. So you okay. got to understand, these coaches were living vicariously through us. And so by
0: this... Because shit, they get talking, motherfucked by head coach exactly. on who wins the goddamn period. So yeah, let's exactly. put that in perspective too.
2: And this is what Pete would do, which I thought was great. And if I ever become a coach, I'm going to do the same thing, where he would put up highlights from those periods in in the team meeting room oh, yeah. the next morning. So if you had a one-on-one drill... You got your ass knocked out. You better sure you better believe you're going to be on that screen in the team meeting room and people's going to be clowning you.
0: Accountability.
2: Accountability, right? Don't fuck it up. Go in there and do what you're supposed to. And so there's one practice where we are about to do 907 and you know, I think the the defense, this is one of the plays where the defense just kind of destroyed me and I got like picked up and I think like dumped? I, don't, I don't know, I think I got dumped or something like that. So I jumped up, took my helmet off, and literally was about to, my bad, was about to hit my teammate across the head with it. And in that moment, like halfway through, I was like, nah, I can't fucking do that. Like, can't smash him over the head with the helmet.
0: Can't get no but, gear.
2: you know, it was one of those moments where, you know, tensions are high. Um, I mean, these are dogs going at it. You know, these are Rams. Like, literally, I always say football is not a contact sport. I hate when people say that. Football is a collision sport. Collision. Football is about two rams going head-to-head, head, and one of them is going to go to sleep. It's inertia. and it's
0: Law versus mass.
2: That's it. And so it this practice, you know, I got out of character because the game before, I think I had a fumble. And and uh, it was funny because T-Mac afterwards, you know, I guess Pete had a really good beat on the kind of person that I was. And so if I didn't play well the next pr- practice that week, I was going to fucking... Light it up. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't play. I don't think I played well in this game. Maybe I had a fumble and I came to practice like hot, like angry, like raised like a bull, like ready to just destroy somebody. And so I got out of character. I was about to like take my helmet off, hit my, I literally took it off and was like this, like about to hit my teammate over the head. And so, but, but,
0: but you had a paper, paper towel. towel to clean it up. Absolutely. Just in case it almost got messy.
2: It almost got messy and it didn't. And, you know, I was able to. 19
0: years old, too, guys. Don't forget. Keep my 19. composure,
2: you know, in that moment. But, you know, it it got messy for someone like me because the kind of player I was on the football field, I never let people get to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then if you talk shit to me though, all bets is off. I'm coming, I'm coming for you. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way we were kind of raised in the sport, right? You don't back down from nobody. You can't, you can't back down from nobody. You know what I'm saying? You gotta and go down and get your ass whooped. You gotta go down and get your ass whooped, and you gotta get right back up. And come back for more. He'll respect you more. <laughs> so, you know, that was one of my my messy moments, you know, that I think about when I was at USC, not proud of it. Even to this day, I think, like, man, why the hell did I do that? Like, yeah, why did I take my helmet off like I was about to?
0: It's football. It's, yeah, it's I, I football. got one thing.
2: Let me give you one more messy moment, all right? It just came to but my But I, I got one thing.
0: I got to Go I gotta, I gotta address one thing. I a, you know, a really, you know, I, I was known to fight in practice. <laughs> You know, sometimes plan to get some juice. You know, yep. you had to do the fight to get the juice for the boys. Yep. If I were to ever fight you, uh, I mean, you can't take your helmet off. <laughs> that's rule number one. Exactly. Nine. That's part you of the reason why take it's messy. Your helmet off. You got <laughs> the helmet off.
2: Exactly. And you got the helmet of on.
0: That's protection.
2: Have you listened to this? This is so funny because that's the last time I took my helmet off. I never took my helmet off in a fight ever again after that Can't. because I was like, that was fucking stupid. That gives you a couple shots. Because you know? if somebody catches you, you're going to sleep. Done. I promise you. And I have seen it happen. I have Everyone's seen it happen. big and
0: fast. Everybody. Everyone's, if someone gets you, you're done and, with and no we, helmet. And
2: we're talking about five star D linemen that are bench pressing four, fifty, five hundred. Okay. 500, you know, like squatting 500 pounds. Like these dudes are. Built like gorillas. Like you, you don't just try to hit somebody like that with no. a helmet and you definitely don't take your helmet off and give them a
0: free shot to no, it was you in the face. But thank God we had the towel. Let me give you one bounty. this what? is
2: another moment that I think might be a little Messier? bit better than that one. Messier. Messier. So this is the this is the there. national championship. Natty. National championship against Texas. All right. I get this sometimes from people. Why did you pitch the football? In the national championship, why did you do that? Right, I don't know if you remember, I remember in the game. I so I had to play. I'm running. Um, I pitched the ball to one of my teammates. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is messy is because it was a fumble, and Texas ended up getting the ball back. And in that moment, I I was pitching the ball to just a teammate, right? And when you go back and you look at the film, the guy was wide the fuck open, and he's running towards me. Right, he's coming towards me. Mind you, everybody's about to tackle me. He's wide open. I pitch it to him, thinking I gave him just a nice little alley oop, just right in his hand. I'm, in my mind, that national ball championship, millions of people watching, perfectly. It would be historically in his known. <laughs> in his hands, and he scored a touchdown. And when I looked, he was not looking at me. So he's running towards me, but looking this way, and I'm like wait, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, this ball, now it's like everything's happening in slow motion. And I'm seeing the ball hit the ground, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm seeing everybody jump on the ball. And then the last I can lie is like, this is the fucking national championship. Like, I can't believe I just did that in the national championship. Uh, And let me give you some perspective. We would actually practice laddering the ball in practice at USC. And Pete, Pete was actually okay with it. He was down with it. Like, he was down with us Being us. He gave us the the room to be, you know, free on the football field. It's averaging
0: 800 points a a game.
2: There were no guardrails. Like, hey, go out and be you. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that was one of those moments, you know, I look back on it, you know, maybe it was a little messy because of the a national championship. And, you know, it was the national championship against Texas, you know, against Vince Young, which they ended up winning last second. But let me say this. It happened in the first half. So we lost the game in the second half, not the first half. Yeah. You know what? It,
0: <laughs> it's just, it's it's the perfect example of Wayne's why mother? you need a paper towel for messy yeah. moment. You didn't have it. You didn't have a bounty paper towel. Yeah bro. You didn't have a bounty paper towel. Let's move on. Let's get in. Set the game, Jack. Let's, get, let's hear about
4: this game. This was the first meeting between USC and Fresno State since 92. Wow. Mm. That was the Freedom Bowl played in Anaheim when Trent Dilfer... Led Fresno to a victory. I hadn't played since then. Um, these were, as we said, two dogs coming into this one. Rankings didn't matter. Um, USC hadn't lost at home since 01. Had the streak going back-to-back natties, going for the 33rd straight win. Uh, Fresno was hot. They hadn't lost um, since week two when they went out to Eugene, as we mentioned earlier. Tough game. This was number one versus 16 coming to this into this one. USC's average margin of victory this year. Coming into this was 28.65 points, so turning it on in the second half and Jeez. blowing uh, this, teams this, this,
2: out. So that's our oh, – you got our schedule up there. I'm trying to see uh, what week was this.
4: This was the second-to-last game for you guys, so only only uh, UCLA left after this.
2: I'm just looking at this schedule now all over again. So Arizona State, October 1st, we were down at halftime that game. Notre Dame, you already know, that's the Bush-Push game. Washington State, we were down at halftime. Uh, or- Oregon, we were down at halftime against Oregon. Um, Arkansas, we blew the doors off them boys. They weren't even <laughs> close. That was a track. 70 meet. burger? We put up a 70 burger on them boys. And they came over talking all that SEC talk. You know, like. Just means more. <laughs> man, I could wait. Wasn't there yet. <laughs> and mind you, hold on. Let's think about the Arkansas team and who they had. Uh at Running back. McFadden. Hey, Darren McFadden. Felix Jones. Felix Jones. Felix. Uh, What's the uh, Peyton Hillis? Peyton Hillis. Oh. Yeah. Peyton Hillis. Mr. Peyton Madden. Hillis was there. They had some dogs. That, that they was had some guys there at Arkansas. Like they wasn't you know, just slump slumps. Like they had some guys there that have gone on to have great careers, man. So you know, shout out to those guys, man. Um, you know, but that was that was one game where I know we took it personal because um, you know there was this SEC talking how Pac-12 teams couldn't play against SEC, you know, and we always. Took we always and anybody there was a narrative out there like that about about
0: us we always you know use that we hey we just had Liner talking about the Bush push did you <laughs> what's your perspective on that whole thing my perspective, we got his I want to see if it dials up I want to see who who's who's talking
2: Matt one hundred percent needed me on that one hundred percent needed me <laughs>
0: he, he he was going backwards he, he was going back
2: first of all when you look at what Jalen Hurts is doing now, they, they're trying to call it the brotherly brotherly love shove or the tush push. That's bullshit. All right? It's the bush push. Okay? All right? And it started on accident. All right? It was started because I was trying to fucking win the game and I just didn't want to lose. And that's that relentless pursuit, that relentless mindset. Like, you know, no matter what, we, we're going to score this touchdown. And so before that play, we're in the huddle. It's timeout because... Everything's going crazy, Matt just gets knocked out of bounds. First of all, Matt got knocked out of bounds and fumbled fumbled the ball out of bounds. So it was one of those plays where if he gets tackled in bounds, game over. Game over. So he gets knocked out of bounds, ball goes out, clock stops, even though Notre Dame tried to keep the clock running. And we get the timeout, and we're in the huddle, and it's just, I just remember it just being chaos. And I'm just like, I can't fucking believe we could possibly lose this game right now. Like, I can't believe we're in this dogfight with Notre Dame, like, and so I go to, uh, I say to Matt, I'm like, what are you gonna do? And he's like, I'm gonna sneak it. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Literally, first thing came in my head, I'm like, oh, shit.
0: Didn't he say like, yeah, dude. He said, <laughs> he said that you said like, yeah, man, I think you got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Yo. He said had, he was doing some hand signal things bro, with you. Like, he said, I got this. Audible,
2: something like we might have the audible Some something right now because I don't know if this is gonna work. And so then we break the huddle and all 11 players are lined up waiting for this QB sneak. I'm like, man, oh my God. And so Matt hikes the ball. He starts getting knocked backwards on a QB sneak. He's <laughs> moving backwards. I'm like, oh, nah, this ain't happening. I just shove his ass, push him as hard as I could, bro, over the line. And then he kind of like does some little, uh, like, falls. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't even, like,
0: get your head down and, like, dude, you got to have a knack for the end zone. I'm so glad
2: that we have the Philadelphia Eagles perfecting it now because you see what it's supposed to They're look
0: supposed like. It's supposed to. That's
4: what it's supposed to look like.
0: Ours ain't look it like, that. like a dead fish. <laughs>
4: He was doing one of those moves he learned in the ballroom dancing classes. <laughs> pirouette.
0: It was a dead fish move. It was the ballroom man. dancing <laughs> that he was taking that <laughs> year
2: only. He slid up in there, but but again, he one hundred percent needed that push over that over that line. And I had, I didn't even know it was illegal at the time. I was just like, we got to win this game. And you know the rest is history, and so you know. But yeah, man, that 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 game, you know, was crazy. Let's get back to this Fresno State game. Wild,
4: um, shootout all game. Let's start. We love talking celebrities on the sidelines. So before we get into it, Marcus Allen, Spike Lee, Rick Fox, and George Clinton were all there. George Clinton actually played with the band, which was pretty dope. And most likely, one. Snoop Dogg, The Game, Will Ferrell. I was gonna say I'm sure there were other they ones. they were all I'm there out. too.
2: I'm 100.
4: Um, over 900 yards of total offense in this one. Jesus. But the real story was 513 all-purpose yards from Reggie, yeah. 294 yards on the ground, 68 receiving two tutties, and then 151 in return yards. Um, I was going off on the return game. It was insane. I was going off on the return the game. The punts. Punts.
2: Punts, right? kickoffs, too. I was going off of this game.
4: And somehow, somehow with six turnovers in the second half, <laughs> somehow Fresno State hung around. Bro. And this is a one-score game. Like... And we it put up 50. Insane. It wasn't like yeah, it was just we just didn't just, score yeah, points.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. Like we put up 50 points and they had six turnovers and still put yeah. up 42. Knocking insane. on the door.
4: Insane. It was just a wild game in every sense of the word. Uh shootout in the Coliseum. And of course, one of Reggie's best games of all time.
2: And I have to say this: that one and only turnover was my fumble. That kick return. Kickoff, I made actually a bad I made a bad read. Um, I don't remember which way the kickoff return was supposed to go. But I went the opposite way because where they kicked the ball to me, I was kind of deep, and, and they had done a great job. I remember one guy was, like, knifing in to, like, tackle me, you know, from, from the kick, kickoff team from Fresno State. And so I tried to just improvise, put my foot in the ground, and I went away from where the kick. Play call. Play call was supposed to go, and I went the complete opposite way. And I tried to make a move on the guy, stuck the ball out like this, Yep, and he just hit it right out of my hands, and I mean that was such a gut wrenching feeling because it, I think it was towards the end of the game.
4: Yeah, that was toward. They uh, they ended up scoring two touchdowns in twelve seconds there. Exactly. Nine minutes left, so it was it was crunch time. Yeah, they took was- the lead, forty two, forty one.
0: Whenever you abort the play call on a kickoff <laughs> return, our, our our special teams <laughs> coordinator Scotty O'Brien used to say, "You're at the grace of God." <laughs> he goes cuz the guys are they they're setting their angles yeah. and they're pushing guys that way yep. so there's a free mm-hmm. there's a free run to the receiver or the, yeah. the the the
2: returner and I tried to be superman on that play which was again not smart but it's just a, caught up in the nature of the game and just made a bad move bad decision and didn't protect
0: the football but then and you pulled it out. I saw you pull the Superman out after the throw or the the cutback, the infamous cutback. Is the cutback the Heisman moment? I think so. I think it is. I think that was a moment. Um, That's when you knew you had it. Or you, uh, were you still after nervous? After this
2: game is when I felt like I had solidified it, um, because it was still you know talk about you know some other guys. I think Adrian Peterson was up for the Heisman Trophy this year. Yeah. Um, I think. Vince Young. Vince Young.
4: Uh, D'Angelo Williams was yeah, even in
2: like, the dog. D'Angelo, um, D'Angelo. Shout out to D'Angelo and Vince, my guys. Um, and that's what I love about, you know, games like this. You know, it, it, there's, I, I've built friendships with guys now that, you know, I played against Vince Young and they beat us and me and him are, you know, are cool now and friends. And so, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just great. That's why I love the game. But um, I was cool
0: with Vince until I hit him and I broke my back. <laughs> Fucking, this wasn't like... When was this? This wasn't college Vince when he was thin, and so this is Philadelphia Vince when Uh, I was playing defense. (laughs) And you know Vince was a little thicker. I hit him square in the middle. I broke my back. (laughs) I led the league in ice uh, hot packs from there on out. That's what my lead stat was. Oh, my God. That's funny, man. Hey, everybody
2: get them welcome moments where you... No, I hit him. Oh, yeah, he was I'm standing saying, but you like brick wall, a, a, a brick.
0: <laughs> and I, I, you know, you go high, you get a penalty because I was playing corner. Yeah. I had a, a corner blitz. Wait, you was playing corner? Yeah, I played corner with New England for a while. So I had a corner blitz, and wait, I wasn't going to was go. This up. why don't I read? Why am I not? I played anything? like four or five games at corner when we went to oh, the okay. Super four Bowl. Four or five games.
2: You might have sound like it was a couple of years. I'm like, nah, but so we went you, to the yeah. Super
0: Bowl that year, AFC Championship. I had like why 30 did you end up playing corner? we were we were getting guys off the street oh, guys we were hurt. banged up
2: guys were hurt okay i do remember this now i do remember we were this banged
0: now. up what was that like
2: it was crazy playing corner is it my a, first my, my as first an nfl <laughs> slot receiver trying to make the transition <laughs> yeah
0: dude my first game was against the jets when lt was there and, and my first play i had i tackled him <laughs> i had to tackle him went low i hurt him actually oh my i felt God. bad cuz i loved lt when he was on san diego that is crazy. I think I ended his career with an MCL. Because really? he retired after that. He was like old. Yeah. He was old LT. He was Jets old. You, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. The, the game retired him, man.
0: Well, you know, once we get to that point. Running problem, backs, you, man. That's that's a, tough. That is tough.
2: It's a hard position. And it's it's a it's the position has been watered down.
0: And you know what else is a hard position? Being down six points at halftime, 23 to 13. <laughs> what Pete say?
2: Pete probably came in there with one of his- Chewing his gums? Chewing his gum, one of his speeches, talking about, like, All right, let's guys. just keep doing what we're going to do, guys, and you know, we're going to get them at halftime. Oh, so this is what Pete loved to say. He would always come in the locker room doing this. Can you beat them in the first quarter? Everybody be like, no. Can you beat them in the second quarter? No, you can beat them in third quarter. No. But can you beat them in fourth quarter? Everybody go, yeah, let's go, let's fucking go. And so it was always this mindset of, like, four quarters. we got to play for four quarters. Finish. And everything that we did in practice was about finishing. So running backs will finish plays 40 50 yards after you've already broke, you know, past the line and you go score, you got to go score a touchdown every single time. This is in practice. So you running like 50 yards every time you got the football in practice. And so just that mindset of finishing every play, finishing every rep, um, you know, that's that was our mindset in every single game we went into and that's that's part of the reason why we were able to come back in the second half in every game this, you know, during this Ooh. year.
0: Who's the guy at halftime? Let's paint the picture. Mm-hmm. Is offense, defense separated? You guys doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you guys are separated. Yep. Who's the guy when everyone comes together that's making, who's talking on this team? Who's the guy that say, all right, you know, who? who's the, there's you know, always that guy. It was always Pete. Pete? Always there was Pete. no player? Who's the player? We had. Um, what was Cushing doing over the defense? Was he going crazy? Chris was a young buck. He Chris young. couldn't say nothing. He, okay. he didn't
2: have enough respect yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I was playing. <laughs> But, you know, you got to earn your stripes. You know how it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. When you were young, when you were young. Who's gun, the guy that had the stripes? Leinart, uh So Liner was the rah-rah guy? Lindell. Not rah-rah guy because our entire team was rah-rah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, we were all amped up, crazy, young. Like, all we were about was just getting it popping. You know what I'm saying? And, and getting on the football field, hitting somebody in the mouth. Our defense, all they all talked about was just hitting somebody in the mouth. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Having that mindset of, like, trying to literally knocking guys on their backs right and not trying to end guys careers because when i say this and everybody don't understand this but like literally when you say taking somebody's head off we understand like that you're not trying to end the guy's career but Dude, it's literally like you're trying you're to go in there about. and tattoo somebody Back
0: in the 90s motherfuckers are trying to end people's careers get out of oh. here when we were kids you were taught to put your helmet right on that guy's helmet on that guy's helmet now Whatever happens to him after that is not on you. Yeah, but you—this is the nature of the game. To kill people out there back in the day taking
2: somebody's head off. But I don't literally nah. am not trying to end your career. You know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah. we understand that within the physical play of it, people can get injured, yeah. people can get hurt, and so that's just the nature. Of it. It's a jungle. it? Is what it is. This ain't basketball, All right. This ain't this ain't even hockey, all right? Football is a jungle inside those trenches. In between those linebackers, D linemen, offense linemen, and running backs and tight ends, it's a jungle in there.
0: What are you shaking your head over there for, Kyler?
2: Hockey, you know, hockey's a tough sport.
0: No, uh, listen, <laughs> hockey's a tough sport. <laughs> <but> those
2: motherfuckers <laughs> are flying. It's, there's, more comp- it's there's more hitting different. in football. Okay, let me just say this. If they let football players fight like hockey players, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Motherfuckers would
5: die. That would be that would,
2: yeah. dead. It would be
5: hilarious on ice, though. Okay,
2: so that's that already <laughs> you already got one difference right there. We can't fight like that. Cause if we did, somebody gonna get hurt. Somebody gonna be in the hospital. I promise you. JJ Watt's hell of a hockey player. Ain't no refs. He's going back up. Kelsey and Brothers let you do too. It out. You remember when uh What's his name from Houston fought? Um, oh, uh, Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson, and, Johnson and, uh, fought. Uh, Cortland uh, Finnegan? Cortland Finnegan, Finnegan. <laughs> You can't
5: punch a face mask. No, you cannot.
0: No, that's why know. you gotta rip helmet off. <laughs> yeah, rip helmet off. And then off. hit. Uh, again, it's like but, fucking, it's like D2 Mike <laughs> Ducks. Gloves, <laughs> shirt, helmet, or whatever. You know, oh, you Gotta go up to Compton and get fucking tied up.
2: The other thing that is crazy about our game that we play is that there's no weight class, no. right? When you box, you fight somebody in your weight class. In football, I had to fucking face Vince Wilfork playing these dudes. Shout out big Vince. Hold on, let me tell you a story about Vince, though. This is crazy. One time me and Mayo was about to get into a fight after a play. <laughs> this is when I was in Miami and I was running the shell of the ball that year. And Vince, it was it was like a little, like a little brawl, like a little mini brawl, like a couple guys getting into it. But oh me and Mayo was like at the center of it. Vince came over there and literally his presence like broke it up and like in sync, everybody turned around and went to their huddle. Offense and defense. It was like the parting of the Red Sea. Like, once he came over there, it was like, all right, you
0: right. You know what it's like? go back. It's like a lion fighting a fucking gazelle, and all of a sudden, the rhino walks out the fucking water. Yeah, exactly. You know, the rhino's a badass exactly. motherfucker out there. They don't say nothing. They all just, all right.
2: Everybody, that fight stopped so quick on the dime. I was like, yeah, all right, you got it. We're going to go ahead and go to our sides and get back to the game. <laughs>
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
4: podcasts. This uh wrapping up this game fifty to forty-two is the final score. Yeah. I love I love Pete Carroll's uh kind of like a Pete-ism after this when he said, Reggie was firing and roaring all night. I like, I like how Pete talks. His addiction's hilarious to me. Man, <laughs> that, that quote summed it up for me.
2: You know, it was one of those games where, um, one, they fed me the ball a lot. And, you know, everything was was working, right? The, the return game uh, was working really well. Um, catching and, them edges. <sighs> catching them edges and hitting them seams um, on punt returns and kick returns. Catching the ball out of backfield and then running the football, obviously as well. This is one of the games where they they really fed me the rock, you know. And I don't want to say that this was a game where it was like just one of those magical performances because I went into every game with the same mindset. The same mindset I had here was the same mindset I had in that Texas game against Hawaii, against Arizona State. It didn't matter. Um, but this is one of those games where everything was working, and every time they fed me the ball, it was just like
0: my offensive line just. I mean, big holes. You know, opportunities. It was just, it was, it was open. You said your mindset. You probably, you know, in college, your mindset was, "I'm the baddest motherfucker on the field." Absolutely. Anytime yep. I step on. Now, did that mindset change when you got to the league and everyone was fucking <laughs> that guy? Hell yeah! Everyone changed him. quick. Like my
2: first preseason game, it changed. Hemi University, a lot of Himmies. Nope. Yep. yep. So my first preseason game was against the Dallas Cowboys, and they had Demarcus Ware, mm. and Drew threw a wide route to me, and now usually I, I outrun defensive ends, easy. In college level, easy I outrun defensive ends. And it was—I think we were on the five-yard line. Um, so we were about to score. This boy tackled me on the four-yard line, mind you, and I had a step on him and caught me. And 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 once that happened, I was like, "Oh, it's different up here." Now, how I did you have the to change?
0: How did you have to change? Would you? How did it prepare you? So I had to change my mindset with the
2: re, with the way that I read um, the defense and with the way that I approach running the football in between tackles because at the college level, you can get away with outrunning people, right? You can get away with, you know just flying past somebody. Um, you yes, can get away up. with some of those holes, you know' it's about as wide as this, this room right here. Um, but at the NFL level, it's that quick. That hole opens and closes that quick. and if you're not in there, when it opens and closes, you're gonna get hit behind the line of scrimmage.
0: And it, it's always fun because I would always watch the young running backs, and you'd see a, a you know a, a kid come in who's probably the fastest, the best guy. Yep. And like you said, that hole opens up, and it, and you still you see that hole in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But because of what you used to be able to do in college, where you yeah. could just run through it, right. You could beat it. Yes. In the NFL, those D linemen and those those linebackers are two gap in you, mm-hmm. so you have to manipulate yep. those yep. guys, and you have to you 100%. have to help your linemen, yes. your double teams, and you yes. have to you have to bring it to a certain level and cut like right off of his exactly. ass, which the coaches always say and guys always say pause, yeah. but that's what they would always say. You got yeah, cut off his cut ass, cut off his ass. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you have to, and you get impatient when you're a young guy sometimes. So that's like a learning thing.
2: Absolutely. So I had to be more patient. Um, I had to pay more attention to the details with the offensive line, with our schemes, with how to manipulate the defense. Um, and those were all things that um, I hadn't mastered yet, you know? And so I was a, a great athlete, right? I was a space player, you know? And, and again, in USC, we got five star players playing Hawaii. Yeah. The hole's going to be wide open. Wide you know open. what I'm saying? Like when you're playing some of these other teams that just. Don't have the same caliber of athletes as you. Um that we don't have that in NFL, right? There's not there's not one team that has a bunch of five star players and another team has a couple like three star players. Everybody, it's a league of all-stars. Every team, even the teams that maybe have the worst league, still have all-star players on their team. And so it doesn't matter who you play. So going back to the debate.
0: Did you guys beat the Niners? (laughs) I need to see who's on their roster. I need to see who's Uh, on their roster first. I need
2: to see who's on their roster before I make that.
0: You know, what what would your advice be to the new player coming out, which is completely different than us? We were at the very beginning. We were the first guys in the locker room with the fucking internet and the phones and the social. Like, that was our first – we were that generation. It's kind of completely different with NIL – and all all what's going on in college football, the transfer proposal. portal, portal, NIO. What would your um, advice be to a young football player, young running back coming out right now? To running backs, man, find listen, another job, find another play another <laughs> position. Listen, listen to me, because listen. you would flourish. Hear you're the me. you're you're a McCaffrey. You're basically yes. the original McCaffrey. Hear me and hear me clearly. There's yeah. only a couple guys that had a thousand thousand. I think you, Roger Craig, yeah, and. Someone else. I think McCaffrey may have done it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just... The game's changed. You've got to pay attention
2: to the game and pay attention to where the direction that the game is going. It's a passing league now. And in, this is one thing that I've always thought about. If I could go back, I would have made a shift to slot receiver about halfway through my career. Yeah. And I would have played probably 10 more years, made a lot more money. Um, and this is the, And this is why I say that. Because... At the NFL level, we know that running backs get worn down, right? And I think about B. John Robinson right now, right? When I think about this, because I also came into the league with a ton of speed, um, you know, all the accolades in the world, and it only took one injury, one knee injury on that field turf to then it, you're on the clock. You know what I'm saying? You tear PCL. I tore my PCL 2007, my second year in the NFL. So I, we balled out my rookie year, my first year there. We went to the NFC Championship game, lost to Chicago Bears. At that point, I'm thinking like, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl next year. Next year, tear my PCL. The next year after that, I focused on just getting strong as I could, coming yeah. back as strong as I could. The issue with that is you don't pay attention to the flexibility side of it. Um, which and you don't get to be a better important. football player. You're worried exactly. about getting healthy. Exactly. And so when, And I had never been injured before. So once I started going through those injuries, um, it was a very, very tough place for me to be because I just wasn't used to it. And so I tore my PCL, then the next year tore my medial meniscus and then had to get microfracture surgery. Yeah, And that's year four of my career. So I'm at this point now, year four, where doctors are like, you probably got about another three years left. Yeah. So now I'm like, damn, Like, my entire career is flashing before my eyes. And I'm thinking that I may not be able to play this game um like myself anymore like there's going to be a significant difference you know from the the special player that I was at USC in my rookie year um and so for running backs just understanding running backs get hurt a lot um and it's the nature of the position it's the reason why owners don't want to pay the position um until we get guaranteed NFL contracts you know it's going to be a position that's you're not going to have a lot of leverage you're just not and you know, I think Saquon Barkley is a good example of that, right? Like Saquon is as, as great a running back, you know, as, as anybody, and it only took one injury, you know, one knee injury for them to to, to start to devalue him, and you know, to the point to where he's not going to see another big contract. It's not going to happen, you know, and it's unfortunate because it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, the nature of the beast of that position. Um, and and when I look and why I say I would have made a switch to slot receivers because you go from running against um, you know seven guys in the box versus I, if I break one tackle I got the safe I got to break the safety tackle or maybe a corner, that's it good living and all these guys it's a good living also are around the same weight as me you know what I'm saying and so I'm not getting hit by these big ass linebackers and these D linemen in the trenches which is you know again it, can you do it yes right and can you do it and can you do it at Can a high you level? It? Can you sustain it? Is is the thing, right? It's hard. How many you know running backs have we seen you know recently that have had three four year runs of greatness, right? Usually, like they peak and then drop, you know, right away. Um, we saw Nick Chubb. Man, I hate to see Nick Chubb get hurt because Nick Chubb is is a dog and he's a beast.
0: He's a professional too. He's a professional. He ain't never heard anything from him. And he goes. And that's, that's all it
2: takes is for that to happen. And then everybody else in the league gets devalued only because a player like that gets hurt, right? And so now other players can't go get big contracts because they're like, well, the best player got hurt. You know what I'm saying? And so I think for running backs coming out, I'm saying all this is just to say, for running backs coming out, um, play more than one position. You know, learn how to play slot receiver uh, because I would have been a big slot receiver at 208 pounds. You know what I'm saying? 205 pounds. And I also have that running back mentality. So what does that do to a safety once I get the ball in my hands and it's open space? You know what I'm saying? You know, again, I just think running backs do more. And, and that's why I played a lot of positions is because um, I wanted to create as much value for myself, like you talked about it earlier, as possible. I never wanted to be – I didn't want there to be one situation where a coach didn't need me, right? kickoff, punt return catching the ball at the backfield, running the ball between tackles or playing receiver. Like I wanted to do everything and I wanted to excel at that so that they couldn't take me off the football field.
0: And and that's what you displayed here against Fresno State in yep. 2005 in all three facets of the game, through the air, on the ground and in special teams. Jackie, what's the aftermath of this baby?
4: After this game, the wheels fell off for Fresno State. Lost their final three games lost to Tulsa in the Liberty Bowl. USC went on to beat number 11 UCLA, finished the regular season undefeated. Reggie won the Heisman and USC lost to Texas in that epic national championship game. Man. That was a dogfight, man,
0: a national championship game. I'll have to save that for another one. <laughs> Got to come back and talk about <laughs> it. So what's man. up with the Pac-12? <clears throat> Are you sad? RIP. It's gone. Yeah, man. It's, it's on the officials. It's, it's, it's on them. Yeah. They're smug, the Pac-12.
2: It's, you know what? This is the state of college football. It's a mess. That's where it's at right now. And it's unfortunate to see that because there are too many chefs in the kitchen. Too many people trying to make decisions on the most basic, simple things. Like, why don't we have a true playoff system? Right? The NFL would never be caught in a situation like this. Right? Where Georgia gets penalized five spots for losing a game in the last five seconds. You know what I'm saying? And not being in playoffs. Um, and Alabama jumping four spots. You know, it's just it's all crazy, man. It literally doesn't make sense. And when you say that there's people in a room making this decision, that's already worries me. Already, uh, I'm already worried because dollar, well, dollar what are they looking at, like? y'all? Have, have they did they dollar, play dollar bill, y'all. Did they play the game? Like, do they have ten year careers in the league? And so they're did, using AI now,
0: dude. <laughs>
2: oh, that's who's doing It's oh, AI. is artificial. <laughs> Intelligence in there making business decisions based on, you know, college football players' careers. And that's what I always think about. I think about the players' careers that are being penalized, you know, because um, Florida State should be in the playoffs, right? They earned the right to be there. Um, You should not be penalized because of one player not being able to play because he got hurt. Not because he don't want to play, because he got hurt. Yeah. Which is... The natural part of the game. And I know sometimes there's pushback on that because they're like, oh, we don't want to see another TCU Georgia, right? But, Reg, what about the integrity of the game, though? Reg, this ain't Disneyland. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Okay. I'm so glad you just
1: said that.
5: This ain't Disneyland. I'm so glad you just said that. Hold on. Real quick, Uh, for context, hold on. For context, this episode is airing the day after. The uh, New Year's Eve or the New Year's Day games. All right. So, like, we're talking from the past, but not yet the championship game. Just okay. keep that in mind. Now, man.
2: are you talking about, What would you just say you call it what? Fairy tales? No, 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 no. no, there's
0: no fairy tale
2: ending. There's the fairy tale endings, right? Now, what about the next man up mentality, right? Somebody gets hurt, the next guy comes in, right? Steps up. Now, we're saying the fairy tale ending because of one player. We're talking about one player that got hurt, the quarterback. Next right? kid's from like,
0: Georgia, who's 18, who's been playing Fortnite for the last four months because he didn't think he was going to play because they got an unbelievable quarterback. And this kid's going to come in and try to beat Alabama? Okay.
2: What about a slot receiver making a shift to play corner? On a year, you win the Super Bowl. You talk about the next man up mentality. You literally did it. You yeah, tell him, Reggie. How does the team
1: win a championship? You tell him. We lost.
2: Oh, y'all lost? We lost to the Giants. Okay, but you won a bunch of other ones. So boo fucking who? I don't want to hear it. You still
0: had that next man up mentality. We did, and we got to the championship <laughs> and we lost. We lost.
4: Of of the four in it, who, who are you picking to win it all, Reggie? Um,
0: I mean, Alabama. Yeah. Roll, Roll Tide. You know, Kent State Alabama. is represented through Alabama because Nick Saban. How was that? Oh. Nick Saban went to Kent State. Right. Uh, he's our biggest donor you know uh i think uh, he gives like five like, grand a year well, okay. <laughs>
2: i think um did hold on hold on did urban meyer coach at Kent state
0: no nah, he went to bowling green he was at bowling green bowling we had lou holtz yeah we had jack lambert we had josh Cribs came from our school james harrison okay don't this uh, huh don't josh Cribs? No. antonio gates are you talking about coaches and then coaches Sabin and Holtz,
2: they okay. both played. All right, so that was a different team.
0: So here's what happened: Florida State beat the shit out of um,
5: Georgia yesterday, and they're going to split the national title. That's what's happened. What? That's, what that's oh, a future prediction. The future yeah, Florida State in and Georgia's Orange not even Ball. in. No, Florida State beat Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Oh, and they're going to split the national championship. You heard they it here first. That. They can't do God, that.
0: I was going to win it all. We baby.
2: split the national championship my my, my freshman year, and you deserved it. But Auburn.
4: Was it Auburn? Or LSU. LSU.
2: LSU sorry, the two, LSU, loss, LSU. LSU. A two loss. LSU. Yeah. Nick Saban. We Mick we, we split, co national champs into that, which is the dumbest That's- thing ever. But again, this is the college state
4: football is fucking crazy.
0: College football, like it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. So college football. Last final question for this. Yeah. Who's your top five running backs of all time in college football? Ooh. Top five. I can't put myself in there. You're gonna take you me can out. Yeah, you you can can You're in. in. Yeah. You gotta oh, okay. be, yeah. You don't have to number it, but I will. On according to who I gotta, you got I gotta put
2: Barry Sanders in there, Ricky Williams, me. Um hold on no now. No, hold on. I gotta backtrack now.
0: Hold on. No juice. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson?
2: Yeah, I gotta put Bo Jackson in there.
0: The glove don't fit. You must <laughs> Listen, OJ
2: was a bad man in college. Boy. He was insane. That boy was nasty on the football field. Um, and off, and off. Jesus. Yeah, you're right. And off the field. Uh, but I can't put, ju- I, can't put I can't put juice in there. I can't put juice in there. But I love the juice, man. Listen, when he's on the football field, on the field, uh, we love on the, the juice. field. We are talking about on the field now, on right? the field. I like juice headlines
1: too. like Reggie Bush dead. Juice. <laughs> <laughs> <"Reggie laughs> I like
2: juice. Right <laughs> All right, but no. On,
0: I like, like apple now. juice. Let's go to the segment where we name the game and we score the game presented by Winbet. The name of the game is the Reggie Bush game. Yep. Or do you think it should be the 553 game or 513 game
5: <laughs> or another game? Or another, another game.
0: How, what do you name the game?
2: Score the this is
5: for What's the name what of game?
0: the
2: game? Name of the game? Reggie Bush game.
0: Reggie Bush game, like all right. The Bush game. So we score the game presented by Winbet. Is this the greatest game of all time? Let's score it. Stakes 0 to 10, decimals okay. 1 to 10. On the stakes of this game, Fresno...
2: 10 being the highest? Huh? Which one's the highest? 10 is the, ten ten is is the highest. highest. Okay.
0: Where does Fresno State rank? No, where does the stakes of this game rank? Oh, oh a ten. 10. 10. 10.
5: Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is a regular season game. Yeah, you got the winning streak going on here. Sure. But, like, we're talking... Undefeated Super Bowls is the stakes of a game. We're talking like game seven of an NBA or NHL final. Okay. Right. This isn't All like, right. you know, let's say Texas, USC, the Heisman championship trophy, game. The Heisman yeah. Trophy was on uh, was at stake.
4: If you lose this one, no natty. No yeah, natty. exactly.
2: That's what I'm saying. And Heisman Trophy is at stake too. So sticking with 10? I'm sticking with 10. He's going with 10.
0: I'm going with 10, man. Star power. Star power. In crowd, on game, who's in this field? Star power for our games? or for this specific oh, game oh for that specific oh that i'm it's like a 9 i'll put a 9 we'll put we can put a 9 we'll put a 9 the gameplay of the game 0 to 10 decimals okay
2: 10 10
0: It's 10 10 at a high back level back and forth shootout 10
5: that's a 10 Statue your liberty game that's a 10 yeah this is a shootout so it's not a 10 well i mean it's your it's your opportunity to score i'm just trying to keep some integrity in the games With names podcast oh integrity huh <laughs> <laughs>
0: he got talking about the juice, K. I think we threw that out the goddamn door. Let Mr. Bush rank his game.
2: Gameplay was at, my gameplay was at a 10. All right, 10. You know what,
5: Facts. 500, Facts. 500, Facts. 500 five yards, that's, on, a 10.
0: that's a 10. That's a 10. Name of the game. What do you mean? The name of the game, 0 out of 10. The Bush game, I'm going to give it like a 4 or 5. That's like a 5. 5. 5. Goes five. So, what is our average, and where does it stand in the games that we've done here on Games with Names, folks? What is it? Eight point five, and where does eight point five go on the Richter scale? That is right between
4: the Statue of Liberty game and the Patriots Falcons twenty-eight to three. You see what I'm talking about when I say integrity? I mean, how was I supposed to know you're gonna have those fucking games
2: up there? Right? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, come on, man. We are talking about record season game? I know you're gonna have it up against. The, the comeback, like the comeback in the Super Bowl? Reggie, Come some on, would man. say, you know. By the way, you had a dope-ass catch in that game. I remember that shit, thanks, bro. You, bro. Yeah. Fire-ass catch. I remember I meant, I meant, I don't know if I ever told you, but I was like, if I ever see Jules again, I need to tell him about that catch. That catch was ridiculous, bro. And that was a catch that
0: started the comeback. It, there was a lot of plays. <laughs> A lot of plays. Oh, now you're gonna be modest. Yeah. A lot of plays. <laughs> Trey Flowers, High Tower. There, there's a lot of but things that have if to. If I remember it,
2: it, then it then it obviously was a great play because a real thing. <laughs> I don't be remembering shit lately,
0: so he doesn't he doesn't lie.
4: When he's being real modest, he'll say he messed up the route. It was a bad route. It was only a second. Did down. you mess the route up?
0: Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shitty, sloppy route. It was like our 99th play. We played a lot of plays that game on offense.
2: That was crazy. That game was crazy.
0: Well, Reggie, anything we miss?
2: Uh, From this game? No. From the Fresno State game that I can think
0: about. This was the stamp. This was the stamp this game, man. This was was the stamp to watching arguably the best college football player of all time. I oh, appreciate it, man. Nah, yeah, I we appreciate you coming out. You got to plug yeah. anything? You got anything? Last time I saw you, you came and stayed at my house in Boston. You had a backpack with speakers on that you were trying to sell to me. Now, <laughs> what do we got? This we got anything? Man, we
2: did come a long cool. way, bro. <laughs> it came a long way. It man, was no I was working here. with this company that the the idea of it was kind of cool, but it was basically a back. I don't even know what happened. to This company. My money is gone, by the way. My investment is gone. Damn. All right? We ain't make no money on that investment. But the idea was a backpack that had these speakers in it. So, you know, and it was kind of a smaller backpack so that when you're listening to your music, you're getting, like, the full effect of, like, it literally felt like you was inside of a club.
0: Yeah, it had bass on the back. Yeah. You wore this back thing. It had bass. So you were getting bass and stuff. I remember it knocking me around. I was like, man, it, appreciate it. It was
2: a cool gadget toy. It was but, a good toy. But um, it didn't work out. Yeah. You know, so, what do you got now, though? So right now, um, you see, I'm rocking Travis Matthew.
4: Bro, the swing is looking dialed. By the way, thank you. Marla. I was on your appreciate Instagram it. this morning. Thank you, man.
2: Appreciate. It. I worked on it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I work hard for that compliment too, right, bro? There.
4: <laughs> That's Jack. like top five compliment you can get. Or I mean, if anybody says that to me, I'm like. Oh,
2: <laughs> so I'm working with Travis Matthew, and um, I'm gonna be launching um, my own golf clothing line uh, with the Travis Matthew brand, which I'm very proud of. Um, and it's my first opportunity to step into the clothing design, um, business, which I've always wanted to get into it. I just never knew how it was going to happen. And, you know, through the grace of God and some opportunities, you know, in the golf, in the golf game and golf space, which is where I'm, I'm focusing a lot of, um, my attention is in the golf space. Um, I'm able to partner with someone like Travis Matthews. So we're going to be launching our own clothing line. I'll get you some stuff. You man. got it. You got you it. I mean, from it's the looks fly of the- too. It looks comfortable,
0: fashionable. Comfortable. And it probably makes a couple of your strokes go down. Yeah. That's what we're going to sell. Travis Matthew, guys, go check it out. It's coming. Yeah. Coming Golf soon. is huge. Everyone loves it. Thank yep. you, Reggie, for coming on. So I bro, appreciate you. Appreciate you man. I'm, 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 I'm a little sad that we didn't get into the old 14 stories, but we'll leave that for another time. i say that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> And that's been another episode of Games With Names presented by WinBet. Remember to follow Games With Names on YouTube, Instagram, X, TikTok, and Snapchat. We'll see you next week, guys. Later. Games With Names is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.